inches. That's not so hot. I guess uh, this guy's gonna die. It's on top hey, of the he's car. It's on top of the car. <laughs> what do you want in a sandwich? Ah, I want guff. Welcome to AV Club 69. Shh. No talking, it's about to start. Hello and welcome to another episode, a New Year's episode of AV Club 69. And you're joined by me, Mark, same person as always. Will it ever change? Nobody knows. And joining me is... Rob, happy new year, everybody. There he is. New year, new us. Will we change? Who's to say? Probably (laughs) not. I'm too old to change, Mark. That's it. (laughs) Can't teach an old dog and all that. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on a minute. I'm not that old. Thanks a lot, Mark. Uh, But no, (laughs) nothing's going to change apart. Not from the hilarity point of view anyway. Definitely not. Definitely not. How was your new year, sir? It was all right, mate. But you know, being being sort of well now in my forties, <laughs> that's depressing. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I know. Thanks, mate. Exactly. Uh, I didn't really do anything, so I just saw the new in watching the fireworks on the telly from a safe distance. How about you? Oh, lovely. Well, that's it. You've heeded the warnings of those fire danger ads well. No one wants burnt little nubs for hands, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I ended up sitting in watching the Men in Black trilogy randomly. It uh, just kind of came up out of nowhere, really. No rhyme or reason. It was just there. So I thought I'd dive in. Wow, that is really random. That's something you wouldn't expect someone to be watching on New Year's New Year's Eve, I guess. Was it New Year's Eve you're watching that? It was New Year's Eve. Yeah, oh. we were a bit um, we were a bit run down really from traveling uh, around Christmas and all the Christmas festivities. So thought it would be the best way really just to take it easy, take a chill pill, and sit back with a bit of Men in Black. Oh wow! Yeah, you get those little yeah. aliens going, "Hey, hey, shut up! You want a cigar?" Those ones. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh my God! Was that you? Did you do them? <laughs> that was me. I didn't tell you. Hey, she. I love oh cigars, God. me. That's uh, oh, well. I've got a little person that actually controls me. <laughs> well, that little person is gonna have their mind blown by what I have for you today, Rob. Oh, I can't wait, mate! Can't wait. New uh, New Year. So, what? If, oh, I guess you can't tell me, but um, I guess yeah. I haven't seen it. I have no idea what's about to happen. Like, I just want to get started, Mark. Alrighty, let's roll. Hit that film. So, opening scene, we open, it's the suburbs, and then we cut to the room of a girl. She's excitedly dancing around in her room to the Motown hit, Then He Kissed Me. She gets ready for something. She's uh, she's getting her outfit on whilst lip-syncing to the song. She's jumping around, she's twirling even. She's dancing with her teddy bear, she's very happy. And we're sort of having quick cuts of her moving around as the song plays. And then we get the opening credits flashing up on the screen with some sweet Microsoft Word-style transitions. (laughs) (laughs) She swings around one of the posts on the bed and she flops back as the music fades out. And then we see a car pull up the drive. She runs downstairs and opens the door to find... I'm just going to leave it there, Rob. 
Gonna leave it there for you. Oh my goodness. So I'm assuming this is yeah, so she's young. She's sort of teenage years maybe or something, early teenage years. She's passing around with a teddy bear, so hmm. And then oh she opens the door. Is it it's not Santa, is it? <laughs> no, we've we've left that behind, Rob. Santa's oh, dead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, he shed his skin for another year. So that's it. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> Those lizard people. So we are okay. What the hell? So she, maybe it's is it a, her stepdad or a dad? Sorry, turning up. Maybe he's uh, or maybe it's it's a or no, maybe it's a love interest, and he's come to pick her up. And uh, Ooh, okay. she's she's excited about going to the summer ball or something. <laughs> going to the uh, the sweethearts dance. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, those are those are some good guesses, mate. There's some good guesses there. Now, would you like to play any cards at this early stage? Well, I mean, there's not much to go not much to go on. There's, so. there's, there's not. <laughs> so I will drown in some custard and play uh, to thicken this plot, Mark. Let's play a custard All card. Alrighty, let's stir it in. Get rid of the lumpy bits. <laughs> uh, so, so we meet Chris. So that is the that is the girl. Christina is her name, but right. she goes by Chris, and she opens the door to find Mike. <gasps> he's standing at the door, but he's in. He's in regular clothes, you see, and she's kind of a bit more dressed up. And uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Oh, he should be dressed smarter, and she's going to be disappointed in his dress, dress, maybe dressing, uh, dress sense, maybe, or something. Well, like... he did get his clothes from the toilet store, so we'd all be, <laughs> we'd all be disappointed with that. <laughs> so she's going to be, oh, why, why are you not dressed up? And. He's like, ah, sorry, toots, I can't go. <laughs> I got a, I got a water fight. And he grabs his sack and he heads out. <laughs> You're pretty much on it there, so she is definitely disappointed. That's for oh, sure. Oh, okay. Yes. So she comments on that, but he says, uh, she sort of says like, oh, I'm overdressed. But he's like, no, 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 not, not at all. It's just that his little sister is, is sick. And that classic. What do you think he's gonna go for? So I can't take, I can't go. Uh, so he's going to let her down. She's going to be really upset. That's correct, Rob. Yes. He does let her down. She is upset. Oh. He tells her that his sister is sick and she could be contagious. And <laughs> oh, he I says see. that we'll have to go to that French restaurant some other time. <gasps> it no. just, doesn't even deserve a name, just a French restaurant. Oh, Sacre Blair. Exactly so. This this absolute cad <laughs> so Chris agrees to this this next Friday thing begrudgingly oh, Friday of disappointment yes exactly and so she asks when but then Mike says maybe next Friday um, maybe Saturday he d- he doesn't really seem to care too much is, is what we're getting there and so she says she's upset but she understands and then what do you think Mike says to her Keep your chin up, toots. <laughs> Not far off, I guess. He says he feeds her the line that says, um, "Girls like her come across once in a lifetime, smooth." And then he's out of there. Wow. He sounds like a natural-born liar. He do- oh, I thought you were going to say a natural-born lover. But no, <laughs> he uh, he definitely sounds a bit like the the former there, doesn't he? Yes. And so then we cut to Chris. 
uh, Christina Chris. I mean, I might, I might get confused. That's a weird so name, Christina Chris. Chris. That's a confusing. <laughs> Christina Christensen. <laughs> uh, you know, it's very common in Norway. Uh, <laughs> no, so when I'm talking about Chris, that's her. That's the, the girl. Okay. And so she's now in her room. But what do you think? Who's she in her room with? What's she doing in the, her room now? Oh. What would you do, Rob? Wow, you'd 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 write in your diary, maybe. Oh, not not close. What's better than writing in a diary? Better than writing. Well, well, you'd be on the phone. Oh, what's better than on the phone? Uh, <laughs> talking in real life to someone. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Talking, talking in real life to someone is correct, sir. Right. She's talking with. Brenda, new character. Brenda, she tells Chris some home truths. She says that Mike's a liar and that she can do better. She's not going to listen. That's exactly right, Rob. That's exactly (laughs) right. You've been able to pass your your brain thoughts through my mind and see through my eyes because that's exactly what I've got here. She doesn't listen. She doesn't like what she's hearing. And now she's even in an even worse mood thanks to Brenda's <sighs> negative vibes. Oh, so well done, Brenda. Yeah. You've ruined a whole weekend. Oh, I know. Terrible, right? So a few characters there. Uh, any other cards you'd like to play at this early stage? <sighs> Anything what? you would like to suss out about where things might be going? Well, so, yeah, sounds like, you I mean, sounds like it's one of those films where she... There's gonna be a, there's gonna be another guy, isn't there? There's gonna be another guy who uh, that's that's better for her, but she can't see it because she's blinded by the macho macho Fonzie kind of guy who <laughs> who he's just the wrong guy. And Brenda's like, God, oh, you got forget about him. He's terrible for you. But she's like, I'm not gonna listen to common sense. I'm gonna go with my heart, which is mm. stupid. Yeah, hearts are stupid. <laughs> they are, especially when they're going to get ripped out your chest, you silly girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm just, um, I am just going to play some more custard, mate. Get some. I'm thicken this plot up because I, I want to keep going before I play okay. any more of those crazy flip the script cards. <laughs> Let's keep going on down. So yeah, so she's talking to Brenda there, and Brenda, you know, like she's bringing the neg vibes, but she apologizes for this fact. And she says that basically it's her stepmom, you know, her stepmom is just being a real hard ass on her. And she says that, you know, Brenda says if she doesn't get out the uh, get out the house, she's going to spike her stepmom's uh, tab with Drano, (laughs) which I I think she's referring to tab cola. Um, you know, so just a silly throwaway comment there. So just just how serious, you know, things are at home, you know, basically. Chris, you haven't got problems. Brenda is being abused at home, okay? This is wow. what she's, she's a friend trying to tell you something. <laughs> That's what it sounds like anyway. <laughs> crying for help by the sounds of it. She's crying for help. She and is. She's Chris like, um, excuse me, I've got boy problems. Yes. None of your That's like. none of your domestic violence problems. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's it. That's what I took away from it. <laughs> and so Chris's mum enters her room, telling her that Mrs. Anderson is on the phone, and she's asked if she can. What do you think she's asked? Mrs. Anderson. Mrs. Anderson is on the phone, and she's asking for Chris. What? What might she be asking from Chris? Ooh. Um, if she's going to be in the cheerleading team or something. It's not the cheerleading team. Oh. 
she's going to be the spelling bee. I don't. It's <laughs> another spelling bee. <laughs> is it some sort of team? It's nothing to do with a team. Oh, is she coming out to uh, Mrs. Anderson? Oh, have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter or something? Is she asking if she's seen someone? Oh, it's it's not far off. You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. She's not asking, have you seen my daughter? But could you maybe do something? With or for my daughter. Oh, if that makes any you, sense. I see. Could you uh, come and show her how to be a woman? Because she's been a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's exactly what it says. <laughs> oh, uh, is she asking her to um, uh, help her study or something like that? Oh, it's not help study, Rob. It's not help study. That's mm. <laughs> okay. We'll get there in the end. <laughs> do you want to play any other card at this yeah. point, or do you want me to keep going with no, this? No, let's, 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 I tell you what, let's flip a script. Let's do some flip the script. Let's have some dialogue on there. Let's, 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 let's liven this baby up. Okay, alrighty. So we'll hold off. We'll hold off on that for a sec. Hold that thought. She's being asked to do something. What the hell could it be? But uh, like you say, let's flip some script. We've got a homeless man who says, "You're in my house, Brenda." If I take a cab to the Andersons, could you pay for it? Chris. Oh no, that's going to be like $40. I don't have $40. Brenda. Well, can you pick me up? Chris. No, I'm babysitting. Oh. Brenda. Brenda. I can't call anybody else. My dad doesn't know. He'll kill me if, if he found out. I'm begging you. It's really scary here. I've seen three people shoot up, a bald Chinese lady with no pants on, and there's this old guy outside who wants his slippers. <laughs> Homeless man. Get out of my house. <laughs> Brenda opens opens the phone booth in which she's standing, kicks out his slippers and says, you just moved. Please hurry up and get here. Chris. Brenda, I've got my mom's car. I can't. I can't. And then Brenda says, oh, my God, there's a man with a gun. Get me the hell out of here. And then Chris says, look, just hang up. Sit down. Don't move. I'll be there in half hour. Brenda says, please hurry. I think he's going to kill somebody. Maybe oh. me. Oh. Chris. Brenda? Brenda? Brenda! <laughs> oh, my God. This just took a turn. Oh, my God, Mike. I wasn't ready for that. That was... Oh, I thought you'd like that one. So, oh. yes. So, yeah, we've got Brenda there. She's in some peril. She's seen a bald Chinese lady with no pants. <laughs> and then there's some homeless man who wants his shoes. <laughs> the slippers, oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, she... so, okay, right. Well, that answers the question of what Mrs. Anderson wanted. It does. She wanted her to come and babysit. So. Correct. Right, so she's old enough to drive. So she's about 16, probably-ish, maybe 17. And, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. Okay, so she was not, even Brenda was basically saying, there's all this stuff. She's like, I can't come round. She's babysitting. <laughs> so she's she's going to have to take the kid with her yep. in the car and take her. Oh my God, Brenda's in trouble. Brenda's gone missing. Brenda is basically like um, Barbara from the first season of Stranger Things, um, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Oh but no, you're goodness. right. You're right. She's she is going to have to go to her aid. You are correct in that, sir. Um, but yes, Ooh. should we see how we get there? Should we, yeah. should we thicken things up a yeah. little bit more? Absolutely. Let's lay. Let's let's, let's custard this up and uh, cool. Let's swim in that lake of custard. And um, yeah, I want to see what happens. Goddamn, Brenda, I'm 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 brooding for you. You're rooting for her. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so you're cracked there, as you found out. She was asked to babysit. And 
So um, Chris is obviously a bit reluctant at the start, and she says, you know, she just wants to stay at home and be depressed. <laughs> to which Brenda quips, oh, sip for the Andersons. That's enough to depress anyone. Oh, sick Wee. burn, Brenda. <laughs> um, so she reluctantly, you know, she sighs. She's oh, I'm too old to babysit. And then we cue the upbeat music as we cut uh, to Chris in a station wagon. That's right, Rob, you're correct. She can drive. You know, one of those classic wood panelling style station <laughs> yeah. wagons. Yeah. Cruising on over to the Andersons <laughs> as the title credit slides up on screen. And so basically the music continues over top and we get to the Andersons and we meet Brad and Sarah. So the two new characters, Sarah tells Brad that mom has got Chris to come and babysit for her. And then Brad says, what do you think Brad says to that? I don't need babysitting I'm... 12. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. What he does say, he says, Chris, in like a kind of, you know, panicky kind of way. And then oh, he's he in frantically love with begins to spruce himself up. Yes, he fancies Chris, definitely. Hey. I see. Okay, you I are correct, see. sir. He does. I, okay, can I just guess here that obviously he's a teenager and maybe he's about 14 or something and... He's like, oh, my God, Chris is coming around. Oh, my God, get some Brill Cream or whatever. And then he's going to end up going along on this crazy ride. And he's going to, yeah, I can. Ju- I kind of got a feeling of this movie where it's going to be that sort of kids trying to get, they get themselves in all sorts of crazy, crazy bother. And um, okay. she has to take him along for the ride. Okay. All righty. I like your, uh, I like your thinking. Well, you're definitely correct. You're not. Well, you're not on the money with the Brill Cream, but he is looking for his clearer sill. (laughs) And so he can't find it, though. And he can't find it because Sarah, she has used it to colour it as a crayon. I think it's like a concealer pen or something. She's used it as a crayon to colour in photos of a certain comic book hero, let's say. And uh, Brad is obviously annoyed to find this out. And he taunts Sarah. He taunts saying that this particular character that she's fond of... I, I warn you now, he says that he's a homo. Classic. Oh. Classic uh, fr- classic just disregard. Anyway, he throws it out there. He says that this this person that she likes is, uh, is a homo. And then obviously this doesn't sit well with Sarah. So she chases Brad, telling him to take it back. He refuses. But then Sarah says, take it back or, or she's going to tell Chris something. Oh, about- he's in love with her. Pretty much, Rob. She says, I'm going to tell Chris all about those love poems you wrote about her. And he agrees. And he's like, fine, take it back. And then Sarah's like, good, okay. And then what do you think Sarah says? Um, ooh. Says like, um, says like you're a loser. Like, you know, she's never going to love you back or something. And she doesn't say that. Brad reluctantly agrees. He's like, fine, you know, have your thing back. And then Sarah says, good. And then she says, hi, Chris. And then, oh, my God, Chris heard everything. She was standing behind Brad the whole time. Yeah, so. Busted. When she was like about the love poems, she's heard. Oh, my God. She probably found it. Oh, it's really cute or something. Or did she find it really weird? You're correct with the weird there, Rob, because then we just get a very awkward interaction between Brad and Chris. They have a bit of an awkward back and forth. And then we quickly cut to the kitchen where Mr. and Mrs. Anderson, they're giving the Chris the rundown of the house rules as they get ready 
to head out. <laughs> no hookers. <laughs> yeah. Well, she says, um, she says though, uh, the mum, she says to Chris, she's like, don't worry about Brad. He's staying over at Daryl's. And they head to the car. Sarah, Chris and Brad, they look on from the porch. And Mrs. Anderson turns back and she tells Chris, take good care of her baby. To which, what do you think Chris says? Uh, she's in safe hands with me, Mrs. Anderson. That's pretty much right. She says, she'll guard her with her life. Oh. Is this foreshadowing? Yeah, see, she's going to, oh my gosh. See, it's not even Brad that she's going to be looking on. It's going to be Sarah, was it? Sarah, yes. Oh, blimey. And so the adults are out of there. Wow. So, yeah, so that's pretty much, you know, so you've got a, a little collection of things. Any other card you'd like to play, <sighs> sir? Well, let's, um, let's go for a messy, uh, mise-en-scene multiplayer. I'd love to know the, um, the time, oh, I mean, not the time, time period, sorry. Let's go for the style of the film. The style of the film. Okay, so, yes, actually, I guess we should have mentioned, we didn't mention in the start there that we have agreed that we're doing uh, sort of 80s movies. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, so that's yep. correct. You already know, yes, so Rob is also already aware that this movie is an 80s movie because, yeah, as I just mentioned, we forgot to mention it at the top of the show. <laughs> but uh, we're all caught up now, so don't worry about it. So, yes, the mise-en-scene multiplayer. Uh, right, what have I got here? So you wanted the, what did you say, sorry? The style. The style, yeah. So the style of the movie is... So it's it is a sort of hijinks comedy. Yes, is basically what it is. So you are correct in saying that there are some things coming up, um, and I would say that it's also a bit of a coming of age story as right, well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool. That's what I so thought. Kind of, yeah, I had uh, it's suspicions in my mind. Um, okay. All right then. Well, let's. Um, I just think, yeah, it's obviously that she's going to have to go and uh, save Brendan, but she's going to have to take Sarah with her. So I'm mm. assuming they're going to, like, lose Sarah at some point or, you know, and they're going to have to go on this crazy mission to, to find her or something like that. And, and uh, yeah, they're going to be in all sorts of peril. Uh, and they're going to make it back just in time for when the parents get home, maybe, or something like that. <laughs> that kind of caper. That kind of caper. Okay, well, let's let's see... If your capers are your caper guess, there is correct. Let's bring a bit of smoked salmon with those capers, <laughs> and um, and head on down, shall we? Shall yes. we? Yes. Okay. So yeah. So the adults they're out of there, Rob, and our trio they head inside. When what do you think happens? The phone rings. The phone doesn't ring. What's another way that someone might try and communicate? Uh, pigeon. <laughs> It, it it sounds like a pigeon, but it's smaller. No, um, <laughs> no. So there's not a there's not a phone ringing, but there's a oh uh, oh god. It's another way of communicating, oh, I guess, god. or another 80s. way of. Uh, We're in the eighties. Huh? We're in the eighties, aren't we? So I'm just trying. To we think. are in the eighties, but it's um maybe the word communicating is a bit wrong. It's another way of uh, I don't know alerting to someone of your presence. Let's say. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Uh, letting someone of your presence, well, like a like a yeah. like a megaphone. No, not a megaphone. Bazooka. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, and nine times out of ten, it's the correct answer to things. Uh, no, it's uh, I don't it's, know. 
It's a, it's someone knocking at the door. Oh right, oh god, yeah. okay. I see the doorbell goes right. Yes. <laughs> I was looking, I was thinking something. I was thinking some crowds to get a page. No, that's not right. Thinking oh, right. That's it? yeah. I probably threw you with communication. Sorry. The postman delivery. It's like <gasps> it's from the future. <laughs> yeah, just an orb appears in the middle of the room, <laughs> and a naked man is standing there. <laughs> or this the postman looks like letter for you. Bye, and goes back in. Yeah, that's it. Out of his satchel. Um, <laughs> no, so there's a knock at the back door, and Brad says he'll get it. And then we meet Daryl. And who do you think Daryl is? What, what kind of person do you think Daryl is? Brad's friend. That's correct. What do you have any sort of vision in your mind of what kind of character he might be? He's more of a loose cannon. He's kind of like, yeah, come on, let's go out, let's do some crazy stuff like sniff glue or something. <laughs> well, you're not too far off. He's he's definitely the crazy, annoying best friend. He has his face smushed up against the glass as Brad opens the patio door, and somehow Daryl has gotten word that Chris is over. Oh, I see. He says to Brad, the plans have changed and that he's staying at theirs tonight. And um, Brad has to fight him off at the door, basically, as uh, as he begs to be let in. And then what do you think old Daryl says? What do you think he says? Um, he's no. there. Chris is there. He's, you know, he's a, he's a riled up teenager. What do you think he says? He's going to go, ah, so are you seeing anyone right now, Chris? Because, uh, you know, I'm available too. He hasn't quite got that far yet, but he's definitely on that tr- on that uh, train of thought. He says to Brad, "Did you get a close off yet?" Oh God! So smooth, yeah. He's that kind of guy. He's basically Jay from In Between. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> so Brad tries to keep him at bay by you know being like, yeah, just like keep out of it. You know, he's just like trying to be the the sort of like take the high road a little bit there but then Daryl says he says uh, it takes one last attempt to try to get in through the door and he says to Brad he says but wait wait what do you think he says um, he said um, we can have a uh, like oh what if you know we can have a sleepover or something or like uh, she can get us booze <laughs> she probably could get a booze um, it's not a sleepover but um, I don't know how to phrase this but what what kind of um, mansion was famous for sleepovers? Oh, she could get him a Playboy. <laughs> That's right, my friend. <laughs> but she could do better than that because Daryl says, wait, you got to see this month's Playboy. There's a girl in there and she looks exactly like Chris. Oh. She's got these humongous... Brad slides the patio door shut. <laughs> I see, I see. Oh, Daryl, you little scamp. Exactly. So, yeah, just to give you a little flavour of Daryl, just to introduce Daryl onto the scene. Okay. And so we now now cut back to the living room and the phone rings. Ah, so just before we go for the phone call, I'm just going to guess that... uh, So I'm going to try and revise my original guess where... They're going to have to, so obviously, she's going to have to go and get Brenda. She says to Brad to look after her, his sister. And then eventually, when they get back, they're going to be in all sorts of trouble. And they're going to handle getting Daryl involved, who's going to have all these crazy sort of like, he's going to have stuff that they can use to fight these people back or wherever, whoever it is they fight back. I feel like it's okay. going to be a bit, a bit like that sort okay. of character. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just want to put that out there. So. Okay, all right. So you're thinking she leaves and some stuff goes down when she's not there kind of yeah. thing. And she comes back to this crazy circus of events. Sid's coming to say hello again. Oh, hello, Sid. All right, mate. 
are your thoughts on it? No, he's gone. Hangs <laughs> off. <laughs> so the phone rings and it's Brenda. That's correct, Rob. It is Brenda. It's what the flip the script was that we got there. So yes, it's Brenda basically announcing that she's in peril, essentially. Okay. So yes. So this is this is the the dilemma that uh, that Chris has. So she's like, oh my god, what a guy! I've got to go. I've got to go. So I've got to go pick up my friend. She says, you, Brad, you've got to stay here. You can't see anything. You've got to look after your sister. I'll be back in. I'll be back in half an hour or something like that. Mate, that is that is pretty much correct. <laughs> that is pretty much exactly <laughs> what she says. Yeah. So she tells Brad and Sarah that yeah, she has to go and get Brenda. She's got to go downtown. And uh, but Sarah says she wants to go with her, and basically, they sort of blackmail Chris into taking them with her. Um, oh and so yeah, Sarah is going downtown. She is on board for the ride. Does she take Brad as well? She does take Brad, Rob. She does take Brad. Oh, wow. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. So they're about to enter the car, and then someone pops up. Ah, Daryl's there. God damn it. You're, you're right on the... <laughs> your finger's on the pulse. That is Daryl, Rob. He's there. And he tries to do the same bloody thing. He basically tries to blackmail old Chris, and he's kind of like, you know, hey... You, you know, should be taking the uh, the kids out uh, on a ride like that kind of thing. And he sort of says, you know, maybe I should get you to babysit for me sometime. <laughs> you know, maybe we can go out for a night on the town. So, yeah, he's just uh, he's just being very annoying. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, you've got a couple of guesses there of, of, of how things are going to play out. Are there any other cards you would like to play at this stage? Hmm. I'm going to go for... I'm... <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. No, Whoa. I'm going to go crazy and go for minute 69. All righty. That, uh, that is a bold choice. <laughs> oh, it's that music. Um, oh, it's, it's the Rolling Stones. It sure is. Hang on. Are we in a car? Yeah. No, they've got a car. We're walking into a shop. Gas station. Yeah. Sure sounds like it. Oh. The car is fixed. It's fixed. It's Great, fixed. that's wonderful. It's done. Thank you. Really. No oh. problem. Oh, who's Why don't you thinking? go pay for the car? Who's that? And uh, I'll wait out here and see that you get out okay. No, that's okay. We'll be fine. You sure? That'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, they spark between them two. Okay. Take care of yourself. Hi. See you guys. Bye. Wait, uh... Oh, right. Well, that was useless. <laughs> to help me there. Okay. Well, you so... know that they met someone. I mean, and you know that, um, like you say, there's a bit of a spark kind of going on. But yeah. yes, that was probably one of the least exciting uh, <laughs> minute 69s we've had in a while, where hmm. it was like just very conclusive, wasn't it, really? It was just, yeah. cool, thanks. You you good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> bye. So it sounds like she went to someone for help with the car. So maybe mm -hmm. there was some crazy thing. Maybe they crashed the car slightly, and because it's her mum's car, she had okay. to get it fixed. And she went somewhere where she knew this guy. <gasps> it's that guy. It's the guy that. It's what, the guy from guy? earlier. What Mike? You think? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Could be Mike. So you think Mike's the one that's helped them out with the car, you think? Yeah, because then she's like, you know, obviously he blew her off and 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 he's like, oh, she, she had to go to him to help because obviously, you know. And they find, that's when he finds out, well, I thought your sister was sick. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she was, but she's out of town. And then yeah. she said, I've got to fix the car. And he's like, okay. I'd do that. No, I don't, she does like. No, I don't want your help. I don't. I, no, that's fine. You've done enough. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah. Whatever. And then. Yeah. And then that goes. Yeah, I mate. think that's what's happened. Okay. All right. That's a good guess. So you think that Mike has tried to maybe redeem himself even with his, you know, faux pas earlier on in or, this movie, or that she had to go. She reluctantly had to go to him for help because she ended up having a crash because maybe she had to get away from someone with that crazy crack house that Brenda was at or something. <laughs> and, uh, and then she, she, he was like, oh, hey. And she's like, yeah, okay, you know, I need a car fixed. And he's like, oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that kind of thing. So reluctantly helped. And that's why there was, it was a bit frosty. So you could tell Ooh. there was a bit of sexual tension there. Um, yeah. That, that sort of thing. God, you are you are just the the wizard of the human mind and anatomy, aren't you, Rob? You've been able to wheedle out <laughs> The uh, the body language, even though you couldn't see anything. <laughs> oh mad. yeah, I just could hear it in their voice, Mark. I could just hear it. That's, that's it. That's it. You're a yeah. You're you're better than AI. You're <laughs> a, uh, you're a real guy. I don't know. There's something something in there. Take two. Um, right. So you um. <laughs> so yeah, you've uh, yeah you found out that you're correct. Something happens with the car, obviously, as we found out there, and so. How do you think, though, that that car becomes in some sort of danger, in some sort of peril of its own? How do you think we get there? Would you like to know, Rob? Well, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that they go pick up Brenda. Then Brenda's not. Brenda's maybe not there. Um, and so some the crack the crazy and uh, half naked Asian bald lady is like <laughs> she got taken away by the crazy man with no slippers. And then, <laughs> and then, and she's they, being held in Chinatown. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, exactly. All, right, all this stuff happens, um, and then she goes. Uh, so she goes trying to find Brenda, and there's uh, they, they kind of go on this this chase, and uh, and and then they they end up getting chased, maybe, and mm. they they some sort of chase happens, and they crash the car, or like they scrape the car, and somehow just get about get away. And they're all like, oh, my God. Uh, and then they sort of, I can't go home. I can't do that. I can't go back with a car like this. And that's where they end up, wherever it was, the garage. Right. Well, OK, so let's see if you're correct, shall we, Rob? Let's see if you've managed to land on any stepping stones over this river of custard. Do you want to play that card? Shall we thicken it some more? Let's do. Let's, 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 um, let's squelch through some more custard. OK, right. So... They all pile into the station wagon as funky uptown Motown music. Uptown, sorry, uptown, downtown. Um, as funky, upbeat Motown music plays and they cruise on down the highway. Daryl and Brad are now quizzing Chris on why she's even going out with this Mike, Mike Toddwell, as we've learned his full name. Daryl says that he beat him up last year, but Chris, she doesn't believe him. But... They go on to talk about his car, his Camaro, which has a license plate that says... What do you think his license plate says? Old Mike's license plate. Uh, liar. <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only we wore a badge of who we really were. Uh, it doesn't say liar, but it says something that's kind of cringy, I guess. Oh, like... Um, 
so it says so so what so it doesn't say so what mm. it says um so your mama <laughs> not quite <laughs> it says so cool and oh so, yeah. damn it i was gonna yeah. say cool but i went for your mama ah uh, well you, you always go for your mama <laughs> um, so yeah it has a license plate that says so cool and then just in a quick brief thing Sarah points out into the town as they see the horizon of the, the skyline sorry on the horizon and she she points out this building which um, we'll, we'll come back to why she points this building out okay they're cruising now and ominous music starts to play as Chris is telling Sarah something. What do you think she might be telling Sarah? Oh, um, oh. Uh, well, maybe where we're gonna go is gonna be dangerous, and she makes sure she, whatever happens, she stays in the goddamn car. <laughs> Not in so many words, but she is. She is in a sort of roundabout way telling him about the dangerous because she's she's telling Sarah about this urban legend and so they're sort of cruising down the highway as she's up front talking to Sarah. But then Daryl and Brad are in the back and they're looking at something. They are looking at a certain magazine. Yeah, the old Playboy magazine. <laughs> and looking right. at, they're looking at Chris's tits. <laughs> they're looking at the lookalike of Chris. That's correct. <laughs> and uh, and so he's you know, like, Chris... he's going, look, see, see, we've got to check out if there's that mole. That mole's like, definitely. If that's that, that, there, she's definitely her. <laughs> that is the right kind of theme of sleaze that we're getting from Daryl, basically. And so Chris asks, "What are they doing back there?" And then in a panic, Brad. He throws he it out the window. He does. That's correct, Rob. He throws yes. it out the window. And then Daryl's dismay. He's like, well, what are you doing? That was my dad, stupid. <laughs> then it lands on the windscreen of some guy. Oh, some woman. She goes, ah! Oh. And it crashes. And then a whole ball of flames explodes behind her. Well, I say. Well, I would love that to happen. But unfortunately, that is not correct. But that is an amazing guess. That is an amazing guess. <laughs> But we are now at the climax of Chris's scary story about this this killer she's talking about. A hook-handed what? killer is what she's talking about. This a urban one-handed legend. killer? A hooked-handed oh, killer. Oh, I see. So well, the same thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. And, and then Sarah screams when... What do you think happens? Someone's in the road. They're not in the road, but it, it does have something to do with the road and the car. Oh, my God. Uh, they lose control? They lose control, but why do they lose control, Rob? What might make you lose control? The poor mag lands on the window. <laughs> it's not the poor... Put that out of your mind and back in the gutter. <laughs> it's it's Brenda. <laughs> it's Brenda's ghost. She's already dead. <laughs> oh, it's the hook, the hook man. He just... He's just oh, I don't, oh, God. Uh, something happens what, to the It's car. an animal you're, in the road or something. You're driving along. It's not an animal. It's some, something that happens to the car. What might be really annoying? <gasps> they get a blowout. They get a blowout and not the hairstyle. I mean, it is the 80s, <laughs> but not the hairstyle. And so that's right. They get a blowout and the car is swerving across the road. Oh Chris, um, you know, is sort of, you know, panicking, obviously. Daryl is laughing hysterically for some bizarre reason. <laughs> and they manage to sway uh, to the side of the road and sort of come safely to a stop. And Chris, she goes and checks to see, uh, the, you know, to go and get the spare out the back. But what do you think? What do you think happens? 
There's no spare. That's right, Robs. There's no spare. Bloody hell. But it's okay. They're just going to flag somebody down. They're going to flag someone down. And it's, it's Mike. Uh, what's his name? Uh, old Stay Cool Guy or whatever his name is. <laughs> He's going to see you him on the side going... Do you need, oh, that's it. Magic Mike. He's going to be like, oh, yeah. Do you need a lift there, little toots? <laughs> so it's a collection of the Fonz, but also like the 1930s Fonz. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. someone does come to their aid. I'll give you that. That is correct. Someone does come to their aid. But, you know, she is. she's like, we'll flag someone down and we'll go and get a spare. But what has she forgot? Um... She's not got any money. That's right, Rob. She forgot her purse. God damn it, lady. She forgot <laughs> her purse. She's so underprepared for any crazy, <sighs> crazy she situation. Really she knew... I mean, come on. She's gone on a crazy road trip with... She's supposed to be babysitting, and she didn't even take her... But unbelievable. I know. Terrible. Terrible. She might, have, so, she might have had to get ice cream just to get them to shut up. Well, that's very true. I mean, it's a tried and uh, true method, isn't it, of, uh, mm. of keeping them stum. So, yeah, no, you're right, though, that someone comes to their aid. Do you have any other cards you want to play at this point, or are you going to hold on to them? Um, let's go for... Let's, actually, I'm going to play a MacGuffin Magnet card and reveal... I want to reveal... Um, oh, I keep forgetting his name. Old Stay Cool Guy. Mike? Mike Stay Cool Guy. Yeah. Mike Toddwell. You want to know what Mike Toddwell's motivations are, Rob? Yeah. His motivation is... He wants it all. Mike wants to have it all. That's that is motivation. He's he's like you say, he's the cool guy. He doesn't settle for no one, okay? He doesn't come no. a knock in for nobody. And he wants it all. And by that I mean he might want more than one woman. Oh and my he, god, he's a Mormon. <laughs> he is. No. <laughs> he I'm gonna tell you now, Rob, he wants it all because he cheats on her. He cheats on <gasps> Chris. That's his motivation. I'm not surprised. I mean, come on. He blew her off to uh, to see another lady. So that's his motivation. Is like he's basically oh. trying to get out of it. He's just stringing old Chris along. Is it going to be a classic thing of like, oh, you know, Chris is just some, you know, I think I deserve to be, you know, going out with some girl, other girl who's like, you know, really, I don't know, she's really sexy or something, but actually she's got nothing going on upstairs, and you know, and she, then he suddenly realised, oh my god, Chris, you're the girl I want, and he tries to, you know, crawl it back, she's like, no, get out of here, and slaps him, and tells him, shuts the door in his face, and says, don't come back here again. My god, I mean, that's what he deserves, that's definitely what he deserves, mate, that's, that's, what, that's what I would like to see, let's see, let's see if you're right about that, maybe he might, he might end up in that way. Hmm. So, like I say, someone does come to their aid, but I can tell you now, it's not Mike. What kind of person might rock up? Car's broken down, so... Is it going to be some... Is it going to be, like, a, the a, the AAA guy? It's it's kind of like a AAA guy. It's a mechanic. It's basically a guy with a, with a big truck. Oh, I see. Okay. So he's like a big rig kind of thing. So a guy, so they're there on the highway and they're sort of like deer in headlights kind of vibe as this sort of ominous music starts to play once again. And basically, you know, they are obviously pretty much like, um, yeah, they're like, what the hell? And so this big rig pulls up and a guy gets out and he's got a long scruffy beard and he's got overalls, he's got a red cap. And then we look down and what do we see? 
He's got no shoes on. <laughs> no, he's got. <laughs> it, it, relate, it relates to it relates to Chris's urban legend. He's got a hook for a hand. He's got a hook for a hand. Oh my god! <laughs> That's right, Rob. He's got a hook for a hand. It's all coming true. Maybe he has Brenda. Oh, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, you're playing that card. Is that was? That? Yeah, actually, why not? This is the best ever time to play this card. <laughs> the hook, line, and sinker. I mean, if there's ever a sign, it is now. It sure is. It sure is. Okay, so the hook, line, <laughs> sinker. So the tagline for this movie, a lifetime of fun in just one night. Oh, I see. They get. This is where I said, when they get back in just in time for Mr. and Mrs. Anderson, get back and like, <laughs> what happened? Are you well, having a good night? Yeah, yeah, we just watched a movie. <laughs> oh, my God, Rav, my God, you're so dangerously close. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. So, would you like to know who this man is and what he calls himself? Yeah, I'm going to guess his name is Chuck. Oh, it's not quite Chuck. Um, any other guesses? Um, Devlin. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, it's as good as guess as any, really. It's not Chuck. It's not Devlin. So, Devlin. So, basically, they are obviously very um, cautious now, our gang. And he approaches them slowly, just kind of like, you know, what are you doing out here? And he asks them if they've got a spare, basically. And uh, they say no, and he just sort of laughs it off and sort of telling them they must be from the suburbs, you know, because they're clearly not city folk. Anyway, he offers to tow them to Dawson's garage. And he says, I'll buy you a new tyre. So, you know, what a swell guy. Seems all right, doesn't he? Seems pretty cool. He's got them hooked. He introduced himself as Pruitt. Handsome John Pruitt. <laughs> John Pruitt. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. You would just stare at his... You think his hook. He's like, uh, what happened to your hook? What happened to your hand? Oh, uh, I got swept away to a faraway land and became <laughs> Captain Hook. <laughs> well, it's it's not impossible. Daryl does ask him if he lost it in Vietnam, but he laughs it off and just... Bit, I think he says something like, um, no, I was just like... Had a had a like a, a truck jacked up that I was working on and I didn't really set the set the thing right and that was it. Oh. It was kind of like a lackluster story, yeah. Well, that's a shame. That's it is a shame. shame. Well, okay. Let's um let's play can we flip another script? We can flip some scripts. Let's let's flip some script. Okay, here we go. What have we got? What have we got here? Um Okay, here we go. We've got a guy called Joe. Joe says was I supposed to put them out on the street? They would have been killed. Graydon is the, the guy's name. Another character, Graydon. They know where our operation is. They could go to the cops. Oh. Brad. Sir, no, we, we wouldn't go to the cops. Graydon. How am I supposed to know that? Brad. Uh, we, we, we could put it in writing. We'd all sign it. We, we could take it to a notary. Graydon. <laughs> Shut up. Bleak. This is the guy's name now. Bleak. Bleak. Take the Brady Bunch upstairs. We'll take care of them after the meeting. Graydon. All right, all you guys, go on home. Clear out. Oh, my God. They've got themselves into a right pickle. They have. Not of the delicious deli kind. No, they've, 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 they've stumbled across some sort of um, mad... Uh, what's the yeah, word? what are these operations, Rob? What are these operations of which they speak? Oh, this has got to be some... Is it some sort of 
drug operation, maybe? Mm, uh, I don't know. This it, is a family it's, movie. Um, <laughs> I say oh, of that course. very lightly. Yes, it's a family movie. So maybe... Mm, what the hell could it be? It's not going to be... Oh, my God. What the hell have they seen? If they they haven't seen a maybe a kidnapping or something or maybe a um they've seen them dispose of Brenda's body now don't oh my god <laughs> no Poor it's Brenda. not that dark yeah uh, well what so what's your guess you think it's drugs or well and like you say it's a it's it's a family movie so it's got to be some oh I'm trying to think of something less less um disturbing <laughs> that's all right um, so oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at the moment what That's that okay. is. I'm well, you know. you hold that thought, and you know I'm look. Don't let me tell you what to do, but would you like to thicken it up a bit more? Yep, I want to drown in custard. Come on, let's give right. us some more plot. So we're so we're we're being picked up by Mister Pruitt here, handsome John name? Pruitt. John is his first name. Handsome is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just he just leads in with handsome John Pruitt. I think his name is just John Pruitt. And so right. yeah, so they're in the truck now. You think they're pretty good. They're getting the car. It's being towed. Sorry, the car's being towed, and we're driving down the highway as ominous music begins to play, and the CB radio crackles into life, and we get this. Uh, we get a character called Dawson who goes Pruitt. And John, handsome John, says, "Yo, Dawson." Dawson here, John. Yes, Dawson. I just went by your place, John. What did you see, Dawson? You won't like it. What did you see, Dawson? That car was parked out in front, John. She's with that bastard again. <gasps> oh, it's, it's Mike. <laughs> oh, I mean, you think what well, you think, Mike. <laughs> Mike's just <laughs> sleeping around town. Yeah, so well, this, he's, well, it's yeah. another woman. It's an older woman, maybe, and it's his wife. Oh, my God. Well, how would you feel about that? What do you think this makes John do, old handsome John Pruitt? What's he, he going to do? He has to go back to his house. He does. And how's he going to get there, Rob? He's going to do a handbrake turn <laughs> and smoke his tyres up and, and fly back there and, and, and say, uh, yeah, he's just going to get there as quick as he can. Pretty much, pretty much. He crashes through the streets with the big rig hitting trash cans. And, oh, you know, classic. Like, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is really like, the yeah. 80s, isn't it, when you do that? Oh, yeah, it's classic, isn't it? Yeah, they just miss the guys of the pane of glass, basically. <laughs> and he he hits all these trash cans and he uh, gets to the house and he grabs, grabs something from his glove box. Oh, it's a gun. It is. It's a revolver. And he bursts into the house as all this tense action music plays. And there's gunshots and screaming. And a man comes smashing through a window. What? <laughs> yeah. Comes smashing through a window. And then John, he's got his gun. He's aimed at this man as John's wife tries to stop him. And John takes aim at the man running away. But his wife is pulling on his arm. And it causes him to miss. And the man hits... What do you think the what do you think John hits? Sorry. He misses the man and John hits something else with the gun. Uh the car. That's correct. He hits the, the Chris's mom's car's windscreen. God damn it. <laughs> Out of all the places. God damn hey, it. Chris's man. Chris's who? What? <laughs> so Chris so Chris's mum's car like the car that Chris has, it's her mum's car. And she's like, my Oh, sorry. Car. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, Chris's sorry. mum's dog walker's chiropractor's <laughs> le- loner car. 
Um, yes, so she's just like, ah, you know, so what are the odds, eh? What are the odds? And so, yeah, this man running away, you think it's Mike, did you say, Rob? Did you think it's Mike? <laughs> yeah. It's not Mike. I'm sorry to oh. break it to you, buddy. It's not Mike. It's a good guess, though. It would have been funny if it was him. Yeah. So <laughs> this guy, though, he he's like, you know, obviously trying to flee from the scene. And then our gang are obviously panicked at the same time. They get out of old... Um, handsome john's big rig and they jump into a nearby car which turns out to be the car of the man that's trying to run away and so now they're in there they're in there but then something happens they aren't alone what so they 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 jump out of the truck and jump into the guard the car that the guy who ran away from yeah he's running away the guy's uh cheating on john with john's wife He's so like, they get in there, and he's in the car as well, right? He's not. No, he's on the outside of the car. He's like, hey, you kids, get out of my car. And if someone else is in Who there. Who would be in the car, Rob? It's the oh 80s. It's the city. It's a jo- it's a, it's a, it's a dog. <laughs> it's not. It's a human. That's <laughs> <laughs> a human dog. It's the what? 80s. <laughs> no, it's not a human dog. <laughs> um, so it's the who, 80s. So it's, who would be in that car? It, it's the it's 1980s. cocaine. I don't know what's going on. It's a carjacker, Rob. It's a car thief. What? There's a car thief in the car. They're oh. in there. They get in there to like sort of keep away from the commotion, all the gunshots, and well. then this car thief pops up out of nowhere he hot wires the car and then they're out of there that's unfortunate so not only <laughs> is the guy cheating on some so his wife that woman's cheating with someone else he gets shot at yep. and then tries to get in his car but the guy someone's stealing stolen. his car at the at the, <laughs> yeah, at the exact same time <laughs> that's ridiculous so this is where they sit so they they are they are now in in, in witnessing a carjacking operate it's gone in 60 seconds it is. That's right. That's when Nicholas Cage comes in. <laughs> <laughs> that would have oh, blown my mind. That would have blown my mind. Uh, so you think it's a car operation? Is that what you think? Yeah, it's just they're all they're stealing cars, and it's a big operation or something like that. And okay. they're now they're witnesses to the crimes. So this is where they get involved in it all. Well, you are correct, sir. It is a carjacking yes. operation. It is a chop shop. Chop Shop, that's the one, yeah. That's right, that's right. Is it called Chop Shop Fury or something like that? (laughs) Well, we don't actually learn its name, but you know what? Let's give it that name. Let's call it that from now on. Chop Shop Fury. Chop Shop Fury. That's a brilliant name, though, wouldn't it? That'd be fantastic. It would be. I mean, if I was going to get into the car chop shopping biz, I would definitely pick that. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah, so you're correct there, sir. So, yeah, so that's how they get whisked away into this. And so now we meet another character. We meet the man who was the carjacker. He is Joe. His name is Joe Gipp for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Joe, we it's Joe one little away from being Gimp, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> and so obviously, you know, they're freaking out in the car now. Chris is like, you know, she's kind of losing control, but then she tries to pull rank and be like, you know, hey, I'm still your babysitter. And she sort of, you know, starts barking orders <laughs> at them. And... Then she's just like, hey, could you just drop us out at the next corner? Um, but old Joe, he quips. He's like, in this neighborhood? Huh, hell, even I wouldn't get out the car in this neighborhood. So, you well, know, they're in some well, he's, a, he's a considerate carjacker. Yeah, he is, exactly. Yeah, he's got morals. <laughs> yeah. But what what do you think happens now then? Where do you think we're, we're going to end up? Well, this is where we end up at the 
this is the place where we find out that Graydon guy. And this is where we end up in minute 69, right? This is what, sorry, the flip the script, you mean? Flip the script, sorry, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, you're correct, sir. This is where we are introduced to uh, Graydon and Bleak, which is a very strange name. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you're right. So basically, they, he says, old Joe says, he's got some business to take care of, but after that, he can drop them at the garage that they need to go to. And then we cue the bluesy music playing as the gang cruise through the back streets, and old Joe presses a button. And the shutter opens up and they drive in and we see sparks flying and we see Rolls Royce and Ferraris and such all being it's sort of dismantled. Nicholas Cage standing there going, <laughs> where'd you get this car for? You're going to get us killed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, did someone let it be in here? Not the bees. Um, yeah, pretty much. I wish it was. I wish it was. But no, so that's when we end up getting introduced to... Um, to old Graydon and and Bleak. And so Joe gets out the car and he tells the kids to stay in there and, and Joe gets out, he talks to Graydon and he uh, Graydon says, hey, is there any defects? And then Joe says, uh, a few. And then the camera pans to the kids standing next to the car. The camera <laughs> then briefly cuts to the evil looking man known as Bleak. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what the IMDB says. His name's Bleak, so... Right. And then what do you think happens next? How do you think they're going to react to this? Uh, to what? To the kids being in there. They're like, yeah. oh, they're going to be very angry with Joe. They are very angry. What do you think Graydon does to him? Uh, he pistol whips him. He pretty much, he just gives a big old punch around the face. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, he nervously, so Brad, he nervously tries to introduce himself to the grizzled chop shop workers and explain their situation. When, yeah, Graydon punches Joe right in the kisser and he tells him that, uh, yeah, Joe's compromised the uh, the operation. And then that's where we get the little bit from the flip the script, basically. Right, okay. Yeah, so, so that's how they end up in Peril, Rob. Right, okay. And poor Brenda, where the I hell know, is where Brenda? I know, where is Brenda? That's a very oh. good question, Rob. I'm glad you asked. Um, but yeah, where do you? what are your thoughts and feelings about old Brenda? Well, I mean, so <clears throat> how does this connect? Yeah, are they, so they think someone's going to kill her. So maybe, what the hell was she doing at that place? It sounded really sketchy. Maybe, did she, oh, I don't know. Well, that's that's exactly I'm really, right. I really don't know, mate. I'm stumped with Brenda. I'm, I don't know. I have crazy ideas, but I, I, I'm just generally worried for Brenda. Right now. <laughs> as we, as we all should be. Yes. Okay. Well, so would you like to play a card, sir? I guess I'll play a custard card, Mark. I want to find out a bit more. Okay. Well, I can. I'll give you a few little tidbits about Brenda, shall I? So okay. the clue earlier, Rob, was about the stepmother when she mentioned that her stepmother was driving her crazy. Because what has happened is Brenda, she's decided to run away from home. And so she only had enough money for the bus to the bus station. But then she's basically, her plan fell short of that. And so that's when she calls uh, Chris to basically be like, hey, can you pick me up? You know, the plan's gone awry. And she's, she's now out there in the cold, harsh world of the downtown. And so she's now surrounded by this roster of colourful characters at this train station, this bus station, sorry. Oh, I see. Yes. And so she's basically now stuck in this bus station. So she's just there, you know, trying to 
She's just waiting. She's just waiting for someone to save her. And if it ain't Chris, I mean, I know that you'd be down there in a heartbeat, Rob. I know you'd be mm-hmm. down there. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's basically what's happened with Brenda. And that's why she's in the situation that she's in. She decided oh, to run away from home, basically. Okay, she's run it right. I see. So, oh, blimey. So wonder, wonder how they're going to end up getting her back because Brenda's, a, she must be, yeah, that's a tricky one. How is this? It doesn't feel like, because obviously they're trying to get, they're, they're saying to her, like, just leave us alone. We'll get out of here. And they, they, because they, so the kids are now basically downtown as well. That's right. They're all downtown. They're all, and what city do you think we're in? Are we in Chicago? We're in Chicago. <laughs> of course we are. We're always in Chicago. We're always in Chicago. It's like home for home, home from home for us now. <laughs> really is. That's right, Sarah. We're in Chicago. Oh my god. Um so they they may maybe they end up at the bus station as well. Well, I mean, if for Brenda's sake, if only for Brenda's sake, we can only hope. We can only hope. So they they're stuck there. in downtown Chicago and so they've got no money. They're, they got they're, no money. they're just being no chucked prospects. out of a chap chap shoey, uh, fooey even. <laughs> yeah. And oh wow, they're in a predicament as well. They really are. But so, do you do you envision any other sort of hiccups along the way? Can you foresee? Like obviously, we've we've now kind of got them. We're almost, we're you know we're firmly in like a sort of second act territory. We've got them in their their spots and they need to you know get out of them but do you foresee any other sort of scenarios that they're going to run into along the way or do you think it's going to be a straight line sort of a to b now of trying to get out of the uh the chop shop and then straight to brenda what do you mm, think i mean it's yeah i mean surely there has to be yeah something else that happens but i think maybe hmm i mean do they get arrested or something or do they yeah, because they they're trying to think, I'm just trying to plan what they would do next. They're just like if they get they get out of the chop shop, and they are literally stranded. They don't know what to do. It's uh, it's is it summertime? No, uh, that's a very good question. It's not summertime. No, it's oh, more. So it's cold. It's more of the opposite. That's right. It's more cold. It's pretty much winter. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So that's yeah. Uh, oh. Do they? Does there some sort of other character that comes in that's more of an angel kind of character that that uh, we haven't met yet that kind of helps them along their way? Um, there is someone who does. He does help a little bit, but I feel you may have already met someone who might be a bit of an angel character. Oh, it's it's not Mike. It's not. <laughs> it's not Mike. No, <laughs> he's. He's uh, he's a hardworking man and he's handsome. It's not it's not the old Pruitt guy again, is it? Or it might be. I don't know. He might Maybe come he goes, back. Does he go looking for them? Because they still got their car, and he fixes the car, and he goes to look for them somewhere, and maybe somehow manages to find them, and says, "Here's your car," or something. Okay. Well, I will say that we do see him again. I will say that. I will say no, that. Isn't that isn't isn't that him from minute sixty nine then? <clears throat> mm, no, it's it's not. That isn't John. No. Mm, Who is that, okay. Rob? Oh God! I thought it was Mike originally, <laughs> didn't I? I you did. Mike. Mike's a goddamn loser. He only cares about himself. Um, <laughs> well, how about we? How about I give you a little bit more plot? Yeah, go on then. Oh, I think happens. that's the only thing I can think of doing. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm stuck. So let's go on then. Let's stick in this plot. 
Okay, right. So basically, Chris now tries to reassure the kids that it's going to be fine. They're going to get home. Don't worry about it. It's all just been a big mistake. To which Sarah asks, what about Brenda? And then Brad quips, that was her parents' mistake. Oh, harsh. (laughs) Brad. He just wants Chris. He does. He does. And then we cut to poor Brenda at the bus stop, Rob. Well, that's where we finally get to Brenda. She's sitting there on one of the seats with a big old school CRT TV attached to it. She's tired. She's yawning. She's hankering for a nap. And then there's a homeless lady sitting on the seat next to her with sunglasses on. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Brenda, she takes off her glasses to rub her eyes. And what do you think happens next, Rob? Brenda's- the lady takes her glasses and then she can't see. <laughs> That's exactly right. The homeless lady, she sees Brenda's glasses and swaps them out for her sunglasses. And then exhausted Brenda picks up the sunglasses, thinking they're hers, puts them on, and in a panic, thinks she's gone blind. (laughs) And she calls out to Chris to hurry up and get her. (laughs) Oh my God. Poor Brenda. Oh dear, things have gone from bad to dark. And they really have. So dark, so dark she can't see. Oh my um, god, that's I've gone blind. My god. Um so yes, so we now cut back to the gang then, and they're at the chop shop office. They're above the workshop. When Daryl swipes something he sees on the desk, what do you think he sees? Oh, he swipes the... something. He sees they're in the office above the uh the chop shop um oh, floor. Oh, we see he, and he did sees he get something. um keys to a car? Doesn't get keys to a card. It's a very or good a credit guess. Card. That, make, that makes sense. It's something that we may have already seen in this film before. He shoves it in the back of his jeans. He rolls it up. He rolls it up. What is it? Money? It's not money, but it is paper-like. Oh, is it a magazine? It's a magazine. What magazine is it, right? <laughs> it's a Playboy magazine. <laughs> it's a Playboy magazine. <laughs> oh my god. That's right. He's just he's maybe. Just such a, he threw the original Playboy magazine and then the person who was driving behind <laughs> happened to be the person who got their car hijacked and yeah. it's still on the windscreen. Oh, my God. That's it. It's full circle. This movie is basically just about the Playboy magazine. That's what the real character we're following. <laughs> but you're right. It uh, is the magazine. And then meanwhile, the rest are trying to formulate a plan to get out of there as sort of suspenseful music plays. When Brad, he looks up. And what do you think's going to happen now? Brad looks up at the top of this office. As Does he see someone getting killed or something? Or he, something, but really... He doesn't, but they're trying to get out. They're trying to formulate a plan to get out. Oh, he sees an exit. He does. He sees a hole in the roof of the office, pink, oh, of the office uh, bit. And in the office roof, they sneak their way across something. What do you think they sneak their way across? Uh, Where do you think they are? Ga- so they've climbed up into this uh, this opening. It's like a gantry thing across, uh, um, or is it like it's not a ductwork or anything like that? Is it? It's not ducting, but it's the rafters. They're, they're crawling right, across okay. the rafters. Now they're they're walking along what you might even call a tightrope, a trope rope, even. <laughs> <laughs> they're walking across the uh, the workshop beams uh, in the rafters to a window on the other side but old Joe he sees them but what do you think he does Joe Gip oh he sees he, what's happening it, he sees what's happening but does he does he sort of just ignore that they've seen them or that's correct Rob he ignores yeah, good, that he's right. seen them because he's a cool guy he's cool yeah 
Stay cool. <laughs> That's right. Chris, she accidentally kicked some dirt off the beam, landing into one of the mob boss's uh, coffee below. But he's none the wiser, and he slurps it down. Guess you can call him a not-so-wise guy. <laughs> uh, we'll edit that out. Um, anyway. <laughs> Back uh, to the gang, narrowly escaping the warehouse, when Bleak asks Graydon for something. He, what do you think he asks him? For his playboy. That's right. He's like, where's the playboy? And then Graydon, he tries to explain, um, uh, you know... Uh, it's upstairs. Uh, you know, I was just reading it for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> and old Bleak sternly tells him to go get it. But what? Is, but but can he rob? No, he can't because the kids got it. Yeah, that's it. It's gone along with the kids as fast-paced orchestral music begins to play, and the mobsters scramble outside to find our gang are back on street level after climbing down the fire escape. Brad is now pissed with Daryl. Because uh, he took the Playboy. I don't know why. And he sees Daryl... Um, oh, sorry, he's pissed with Brad because Daryl took the, the magazine. Anyway, he grabs it and he shoves it into Sarah's backpack in a, in a, in a rush. And a chase ensues as Bleak tells Joe to get the car. Oh. So, yeah. I, is this where they're going to get... Maybe... Oh, dear. So they're going to chase him in the car and these kids are going to be running through the streets of Chicago. Is it all the back streets in that, is it? That's correct. They're running through the back alleys, Rob. You're right, right. on on the money there. Um, but why do you think, like, why do you think they're trying to get them? Why do you think they're trying to hunt them down? Well, well, they, either there's maybe either something in the magazine that they had hid in there, or because obviously they've seen their operation and they don't, they want, you know, they want them to, they don't want to be sort of be exposed for their operation. Would you like to go with answer one, answer two, or both? Oh, let's go for both then. Let's go for both. <laughs> Double dings. You're correct, yes. sir. There is some stuff in that magazine. Bleak says, gotta get that magazine back. It has my notes for the Philadelphia order. And then Graydon <sighs> says, that could put us away for 20 years. Oh, my, my God. God. Um, so, yeah, so it's heating up. If Nicolas Cage had been involved in this, they'd have just used um, black lighting and that, that special pen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, so, yeah, so it's heating up. It's heating up. Um, so I'm trying to think, have you got any other cards you want to play? Have you, do you want to do like a um, a rod and reel card? Do you have any false guesses that you have that you might want to remove? I'm trying to think of things that haven't already been shattered. yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess the false guess is about whether that was Mike uh, later on in Minute 69. Well, yeah, so that wasn't Mike in Minute 69. That's not Mike, so that's, I can re- remove that. Right, okay. Um, well, what about your guess about them trying to make it home in time? Is that a guess you still are going to stand by, that they're trying to make it ho- or they managed to get home just in time? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's what's going to happen. They they're going to be back and no one's going to be one they're going to be none the wiser. Okay, all right. Well, I can tell you that guess isn't false. It is correct. They do yes. they do play out a make it at home in time. Just literally uh, they get in the back door as as the others come into the driveway and they they sit down and they're like just, you know, quick out breath, but they're like, "Yeah, yeah. Fine. Thanks a lot. I'm going to go. Don't worry about paying me. Bye. See ya." And then, um, and then, yeah, like one of the mob bosses is actually still just in the bathroom or something, you know, like the yeah. night hasn't quite ended or yeah. murders a whole family and then takes them all out. 
<laughs> but where do you think our our gang um, are going to end up now, though? So they've they've got on the run through the back streets. They're they're being hounded. But where or what might they come across? Do you feel they're going to? I mean, are they just going to run into Brenda? Hmm. I don't know. They could run into Brenda. That is something that might happen. But mm. you know. You will have I to. I forgot to say whether. I mean, mm. there's no other characters that we have. Um, there's unless they unless they run into they see that John Pruitt guy who's like trying to look for them or something, and they see him. They're like, ah, they're looking for you as a car, and they manage to jump in, jump in with him or something. He saves them. Well, I will keep those guesses in mind. So you think they're either going to run into old John? Like well, like I, I said, he does come up again. But you think that he's going to come in the capacity that he's going to save them with a with a car? You think? Yeah, um, or like he's you know because he, he's got their car, and obviously he's you know he's he seems like a half decent guy, even though he's really mad about his wife cheating on him. But he must feel bad that these you know the kids ended up getting taken away in a car, and he probably knows about this chop shop business, maybe. Okay. So he Alrighty. knows where to look. Okay, all right, we'll put those down then. So we got any more flip the scripts uh, available? We do have a flip the scripts. You would like a flip the script, sir? Okay, let yeah, me run it. it by you. Okay, let's go to another flip the script. So I will just refer to these two characters as Black Leader and Red Leader, and I'm sure your mind is racing already. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we got Black Leader. Sit down, bitch. Red Leader. Bitch, sit down. Daryl, are you going to let them get away with that? Brad gets up. Daryl says, wait wait a minute, I was kidding. Brad, that was really rude. Take it back. Apologize. Chris says, stay out of this. Brad, he called you a bitch. Chris, Brad, shut up. Red leader, hey, listen to the bitch, Brad. Brad, watch your mouth, you, you, you big city scum sucker. And then, the, and then the two leaders are like, ooh. And then Red Leader, he says, you, can't, you just can't keep your foot out of your mouth, can you, boy? Let me help. And he drops a switchblade on Brad's foot. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the Red Leader says, don't fuck with the lords of hell. <laughs> Chris, she pulls the blade out of, of Brad's foot, points it at the Red Leader and says, don't fuck with the babysitter. <laughs> Red Leader all right, baby, chill out. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fuck with the babysitter, man. Oh, my God. Is this called Babysitter Club or something? It's called Babysitter Knife Fights 7. <laughs> um, it's called Bad, Bad Babysitter. Uh, no, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, yes, yeah, so this original has all the swearing in it. It has, it has the swear words. But if you watch the more up-to-date version, I guess, that's been edited. They changed the F word for fool. So it's like, don't fool with the lords of hell. And it's like, don't <laughs> fool with the babysitter. And it just doesn't obviously have the same impact, which is pretty oh, funny. God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. So yeah. they get so where the hell then? are they? They, 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 they obviously, they're running through, they run into some, they run in somewhere they shouldn't run into maybe when they're, run, they're running away from old bleak and his cronies mm-hmm. and they, they end up being captured again by some other people <laughs> almost 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 they do so 
Yes, they they definitely end up in peril. Um, but where would you like to go from here, sir? Oh, I think I'm going to have to go and, well, I think, I think, like, let's just put some more, let's just custard it up. This, there, I need some more plot, Mike. I need to know where these kids, how the hell these kids, they're running away. What the hell happens to them? Right, so they managed to... Uh, they manage to get away from old Bleak and his uh, and his cronies as they run through the narrow Chicago streets as tense music plays, and they try to um, yeah they're basically running through the alleyway and then they stumble across somewhere they stumble across a blues club, <laughs> and oh boy are they the only white people in sight. <laughs> and so they uh, they try to make a quick exit though from this blues club you know they've sort of burst in there the kind of music stops that kind of vibe so they're trying to make a quick exit and then one of the musicians they they say to them they say to our gang they say to the kids what do you think they say they say hmm. nobody leaves this place <gasps> oh dear but but there's a way to get out of here but how do you think you might be able to get out of this club nobody leave this place Without Nobody doing something. With, without without um They're in a jazz club, a bluesy jazz. They gotta perform a song. <laughs> That's right, Rob. We're no. getting the musical number. <laughs> this My guy God. he leans in with his guitar and he says, Nobody leave this place without singing the blues. And so <laughs> and so for the power so through the power of insanely good improv and a dash of movie magic, Chris <laughs> digs deep and finds her inner blues brother and bursts out into song with backing vocals from Daryl, Sarah and Brad. And they bring the house down. Da, 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 da. I'll be chased by bleak. Da, 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 yeah, it's literally that. It's literally this song is babysitting blues. It's, it's proper bum, 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 bum. And it's like, we, we, I can't remember. I think there are lyrics to it. I wonder if I can find it, actually. I can try and send you the, uh, maybe I can yeah, send you the, let's um, do it. Let's, let's see if you can find the lyrics there. But yes, basically the song is called Babysitting Blues. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it's proper like, da na 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 and it's uh, her basically okay. talking about Mike and, and such. My name's Chris Parker. I live in Oak Park. That's a suburb. They probably figured out. This is And then this is Brad, Sarah, and Daryl. We're in trouble! Ain't no <laughs> doubt. See, me and my boyfriend Mike, tonight's our anniversary. <laughs> but then he went and cancelled, and now I'm stuck watching these three. So yeah, you get the you get the gist. So hard. Oh, it's so hard. Babysitting these guys. She's got the babysitting blues. Yeah. Oh my That's god, right. it goes on for ages. It does. It's quite a big chunk, actually. It does go on for quite oh. a while. And so they put on one hell of a show, bring the house down. But then at the same time, Bleak and Graydon somehow manages to catch up to them. And they've been waiting in the crowd, waiting for their moment to strike. And as the gang leave the club, they're stopped. Um, sorry, Graydon and Bleak are stopped by the musician who says to them, what does he say to them? Those kids are mine or something like that. And they say, nobody leaves here without singing the blues. And he just shoots one of the musicians or something. <laughs> You're right. That's what the, the the guy. He doesn't get shot, but the musician guy says to them as well. He does the same line like, "Nobody leave this place without singing the blues." He sort of gets in between them and the kids, giving the kids enough time to escape. 
So wow. no gunfire there. Wow. So yeah. they escape again. They manage to escape by the power of the blues. They do. They do. And they hear like Bleak going, oh, my God, my life's a mess. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm supposed to be chasing these kids. What the hell has become of my other life? You know, like exactly. Got to get this up my chest. Why is my name Bleak? My knees are so weak. Yeah, it's the kids I seek. But all I've ended up doing is singing the blues. I got the mobs to Philadelphia Playboy Blues. <laughs> oh, yeah. we still got the Playboy. He must be mad. Yeah, exactly. He must be mad. Exactly. I mean, the so. search for titties has never been so exhausting. <laughs> it's the lost Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> 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 oh dear so they escaped again so how the hell did they get captured again I mean wow well they've... mate well wouldn't you like well, to know so I'm just trying to think um, trying to think I, do... I don't think there's any real uh... what's that oh yeah let's trip on the trope Mark. I just reel the, reel the trope of the story ooh I... okay so, alright let's so the... okay let's have a look here so we got so there's a few different tropey tropes. I mean, the main trope, I guess, is the one crazy night trope, right? So that, there's a couple mm. of films that sort of do this format of, yeah, something that should only be like an hour-long trip to a destination or the city um, just blows out into this crazy night of, of yeah, wildness and, and shenanigans. There's also another trope that was interesting was um, the Chekhov's gun. So it's kind of like this thing that you put up in a film that um, it's, I, the rule behind it was something about like don't mention things that aren't really important. So even if it's a small thing, it still has to have some importance. And that's kind of the Playboy mag, really. Yeah. So, you know, like how I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a MacGuffin thing as well, but it's also the fact that they mention it throughout quite early on to then re make reference to it again later on and i can tell you that the so cool number plate is also a bit of a chekhov's gun trope because there might be something that comes up again later so ah maybe mike's involved in all the uh the chop shop stuff and that's why he's um he's saying sister sick he actually no he had to go to philadelphia to nick some cars that's right god damn it no no well maybe who knows <laughs> who knows <laughs> Well, okay, so they they a lot the Playboy mag does have a lot of do a lot of heavy lifting there, doesn't it? It does, yeah, it does do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, yes, and the the kind of th also one of the other like uh, tropes is like he knows too much kind of trope, which also revolves around the Playboy magazine because it's kind of like oh, well, it's just so convenient that they've written down so much information on this one magazine that it's enough to like put them in jail for twenty years, you know. Like it is doing a lot of the lifting, like you say. So yeah. So okay, those yeah. Right. So those. I mean yeah. So the one crazy night trope. The the fact that you know it should be an hour long process that just yeah gets drawn out into this long thing. Is it sort of Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind? It of is. Trope? Yeah. It's kind of a yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, also I'm thinking maybe let's um let's order a side of bacon. Oh, a side of bacon. Let's go for Chris's. Uh, you know, I know she's young, but maybe there's um. A bacon number that can reveal anything? Okay, all right. So Chris's bacon number. So she has a bacon number of one. One? So, yes. <laughs> she is Kevin Bacon's sister. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so she was in 
uh, a movie called Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. Wow. Who yeah. was in Hollow Man? Have oh, you seen God. Hollow Man? Um, is that got Johnny Depp in it? Uh, I don't think so. No, I haven't. Oh, God, that doesn't help, does it? She's been... <laughs> oh, God. Am I... Can I... Oh, no. So... Hmm. So, I... also, when I was looking this up, I think this is the only link as well. Like, I tried to see if there's an alternative movie, but no, it just seems to be this one movie. Oh, we like, found oh, the wow. Nexus event. <laughs> oh, God. Um, any clues to who this... Do I know who this person is? Do I? You would she... know who this person is. This person also starred... It. She has also actually starred alongside Nicolas Cage in the mid-90s. <laughs> yes. And she's also starred alongside... Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Ralph Macchio. Oh, so she was in Karate Kid then. She was in Karate Kid. That's correct. Oh, okay, right. I, I don't remember what her name is, but I think I remember what she she's, looked like. She's also in the first season of The Boys. She she's in the first series of The Boys. Yes, she, she plays the, a very high-powered woman. She's what well, she plays Maeve. No, oh no, sorry. She doesn't play a superpowered woman. She plays like a high-powered woman in terms of the corporate world. Oh, the blonde woman. The yes. Oh, I do, I can't remember what her name is, but I know uh, right. I know she is right. So yeah, she's a- it's Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue, right? Yeah, okay, so she right. plays the love okay. interest in the first Kardashian movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. So okay. It's her. Bacon number of one. So yeah, wow. she's doing all right. You know, she's carrying this movie. She's good. She's good in it. Right. Um, okay. All yeah. right. So All there right, you okay. go, mate. Okay, well, wicked. All right, so I got a picture of what she looks like. Okay, well, I better lay down a custard because I am stumped at how the hell they get captured again. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, and poor Brenda, she's blind oh, now. I know, uh, poor bloody Brenda, right? So, yeah, so uh, they get the hell out of there, right? They get out of the Blues Club, and you think it's all gravy. But as you know now, <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> so we cut to them now skipping away from the craziness at the club and they're now down by a road, the city skyline all lit up in front of them as they compliment each other on how great their harmony was. And they stroll down towards the downtown as they pass hobo fires. Uh, hobo fires? Not hobos on fire. You know, the uh, like bin fires. <laughs> Sorry. That yeah, yeah, those the bad, yeah. Yeah, those things. <laughs> And basically Brad, he takes this, uh, he sees the hidden romance in this setting because he tries to declare his love for Chris and ask her out. And then, oh you know, but Chris, she's kind of sort of trying to deflect and she sort of points out this building. And it's this very distinct looking building in Chicago that kind of has a diamond slant to it, like the top of the roof has kind of got this very right, sort okay. of uh, distinct thing. And she says, isn't that your dad's building? But then Brad presses on, to which Chris reminds him that, you know, he's just a kid. And Sarah, she comes in and breaks the tension by pointing out that Daryl... Daryl is talking to a woman standing by one of the bin fires. And who do you think this woman might be? She's not homeless, but she is someone of the night. Oh, she's a prostitute. She is a prostitute, yes. And so basically they have a, they have a little interaction have oh, a little interaction God. where Chris is kind of like, hey, you know, like Daryl's basically like, you're cramping my style, you know. And Chris says, you know, she's too old for you. And then this girl says, uh, and you're not to Chris. And Chris is like, uh, I'm his babysitter. And the girl says, <laughs> how old are you? And Chris says, I'm 17. So you were right, Rob. She's 17. Yes. And the girl says, 
So am I. <gasps> and then the, and then Chris is like, It's Brenda. <laughs> she's she says yeah. She's, she says, You're seventeen. What are you doing on the streets? The girl says, <laughs> I run I run away from home. And then Chris is like, Oh my god, Brenda. <laughs> 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 no way. Yeah. Does she actually say that? Yeah, she does. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> Brenda. Well, then she goes, Brenda. She goes, Brenda, that's how I blindly stumbled into prostitution. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't see the beauty under underneath there until you took the glasses <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, much. dear, oh, dear. I know, wow. It's good. Okay. And then so we briefly cut back to Brenda at the bus stop. You know, she still doesn't have her glasses. She's wandering around the station and she comes across a kitten and she walks over and picks it up and nurses it when two janitors approach her telling her what do you think they tell her to do uh that's not a cat that's a massive mosquito like a massive beetle <laughs> <Mosquito>. or something <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's stuck in my face oh my god I don't know why I said mosquito. <laughs> oh dear. Um, oh, it's like, why well, no yep, pets man. allowed in here. Get out of here, you bum. Oh Rob, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there and say just wind that back because you are right. It's not a mosquito, but they say drop it. And then, you know, Brenda's like, what? And she's and they're like, put the animal down. And she's like, why? And they're like, well, we're gonna kill it. And she's like, Why oh my god, <laughs> you monsters. You why would you kill a poor defenseless kitten? And then the two jammers look at each other and go, Kitten? That ain't no kitten. It's a jumbo-sized sewer rat. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, she can't catch a break, can she, old Brent? Oh, can't my break. God. The other... Poor Brenda. Brenda is a sad case here. She's mm. she run away from home. She's been taught a very valuable lesson. Stay home with your, your domestically violent stepmother. Oh, exactly, exactly. Oh, what could happen? The things just get worse and worse. Oh, they do. Wow, Poor she picked Brenda. up a rat. Oh. oh no, it's a pretty funny scene actually. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just these two like old crony janitors like this is a jumble shade sewer rat. Like pissing themselves laughing. Oh my god, what does she scream and yeah. let go of it? I assume. Of course, of course. And then, oh, though, and then you know, we've had our little check-in on Brenda. She's like the supporting character of this movie, it seems, even though she's like the whole reason why they set, they went out to the city. And then we come back to the gang. But then somehow, old Bleak and Graydon, they've, they've caught up to them somehow. I don't know how, Rob. Um, and Joe's there as well. And they get out the car. They chase our gang on foot as they scramble up the steps of a train platform, tension building, and they jump the barrier and narrowly escape capture once again. And then an angry bleak, he confronts Joe. What do you think he asks Joe? Um, because he says, oh, this is your fault, you know. If he hadn't picked these kids up, you know, he hadn't had these kids in the car, we've never had this problem. Basically. So you need to, Joe needs to sort it out, basically. Basically, but is there anything that, is there any information he might be able to get from Joe, do you think? Or what kind of information would he want about Where, the kids? Oh, um... Where they picked him up or picked him up or the the car. I like their car. Right, Rob. The car. Where's their car at? It's at the Pruitt uh, thingy majiggy. It's at the garage. And that's right. Old Joe, he gets pressured by Bleak and he wants to know where they're going. And he gives it up. He gives it up, Rob. He tells them they're going to Dawson's garage. Snitches get stitches, Joe. My God. (laughs) My God. And so, you know, they're now safe on the train. And this is where, Rob, this is where the flip the script comes in. Oh, I see. So they're, they're, um, 
So there's some hood- hoodlums on the train. That's right, my friend. Ding, ding. There's some hoodlums. And so basically, they're trying to collect their thoughts on what happened. And then their zen is broken when at one end of the carriage, the door bursts open and enters a street gang clad in black leather, brandishing bats and chains. And then before you can say, you know, whistle and What's Dixie. What's a bat doing on the train, man? It must be. <laughs> it's Gotham City. <laughs> Sorry, Gabriel. No, no. I mean, look, there's a bat at one end and then bam, at the other end comes through a door, a bunch of jokers, Rob, because then the door swings open and enters another gang clad in red leather, also armed with street weapons. It's Michael Jackson. I'm bad. <laughs> Might as well be with the glove. Well, what do you think they start doing now, though, you know? This, this gang. Oh, they start taunting the kids. Oh, look at these kids! You shouldn't be on here. You look, you look a little bit at um, a little bit at uh, you know what you call it, uh, far away from home, kids. Where's your mommy and all that? Well, they they are taunting, but they're taunting each other basically. So they're talking smack to each other. The music intensifies, but then you know Chris and the kids find themselves smack bang in the middle of a turf war. As an exchange oh. between the gang gets more and more tense, the two leaders reveal their switchblades and go to lunge at each other when... What do you think Chris does? Oh, Chris tries to say, just stop it, you two, stop fighting! <laughs> that's right, that's exactly right. She basically jumps <laughs> really? up in the middle, tell them to cool it enough oh, to kind of like let them off the train and that's where we get our flip the script from earlier oh, with the whole... Why did she do that? Kept her mouth shut. She would. Then old poor Brad wouldn't have got his switchblade for his foot. That's exactly right, mate. That's exactly right. So wow. she basically, yeah. So now Chris, she's yeah, she's armed with a blade. The parts of the gangbangers like the Red Sea as they clear a path for her, and they all get off the train and hightail it to the hospital. So while I was hopping, surely, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> wow. So they go to the hospital now. Yes, they go to the hospital. They're all over oh. the shop, chop shop. Hey! Oh my goodness! How the hell is this happening all within a few hours? <laughs> well, that's exactly right, mate. That's that's also part of that that trope of uh, sort of con- you know wildly condensed time or whatever, where it's and yeah, yeah. You know, this is meant to it be conveniently the sun rises conveniently. Uh, all of a sudden, it's like you know when there's like it's suddenly dark when it needs to be and suddenly be light again when it needs to be because, you know, even though time passes really slowly, suddenly it's quickly. So, exactly. Well, hopefully the parents are pulling an all-nighter so they have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we move back to Brenda briefly. And what do you think Brenda might be doing this time? Um, God blimey, she must be like, I don't know, uh, she's kissing she's a window or something. No, she's she's hungry, Rob. She's hungry. <laughs> oh no! Does she? Oh God! Does she try and eat some? Uh, I don't know. Something out of the Glass. bin by accident. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we she's just get, hungry. So. She is. Yeah. We just get a little. Um, we just get a little quick uh, comedy scene with her where she's trying to basically buy a hot dog from a hot dog vendor, uh, but with a check. So she has a check. So she's um, <laughs> she does have money, but it's in a check form. So Brenda's like, you know, it's a perfectly good check. And the hot dog guy's like, no, I'll make it very clear. You slip me the cash and I'll slip you the wiener. And Brenda's like, I don't oh, have any cash. And then no. the hot dog guy, then I don't have a wiener. So, <laughs> oh, that's God, just, that's awful. It is awful. But, you know, you needed to hear it. You needed to get a sense <laughs> of what it. I had to watch. So I got no wiener. 
Oh, sorry. The people shouting that. They're going to hear that. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, it's on record now, man. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's keep cut. Let's keep thinking this plot because they're in, they're at the hospital now, I'm assuming. They are at the hospital. That's right, mate. So they're at the hospital and um, he, Brad, you know, he is in a bad way. He needed one stitch. Um, and so, <laughs> and so oh, we just... Snitches yeah. get stitch. Get stitch. That's it. He gets stitched right up, mate. He does. Chris stitches him up. Um, so, so yeah, so he ends up at the hospital, he gets one stitch, and then um, the we end up with like a little bit of a fake out thing where there's a bit of miscommunication, and um, Chris is trying to find out some information from one of the doctors, and she's like, oh, he's the guy that came in with the stab wound, and the doctor misunderstands, and we sort of get this hilarious um, sort of state of misunderstanding where the doctor says, oh, well, he's dead. And, you know, she faints, Chris faints, but then it was revealed oh. that obviously he's not. And it's just, it happens in about five seconds or ten seconds of this scene. I'm just like, didn't need it in there, guys. You just, it's filler is what it is, filler. Oh. Um, but then, meanwhile, the gang, as they're trying to head out of the hospital, they're spotted by someone, Rob. They're spotted by someone that we met earlier. Who do you think it is? Is it Mr. Is it the Pruitt guy? Not, not is just it yet. Joe. It's not just yet. Uh, it's it's someone else that we've met before. Someone that John is not very fond of. That John's not very fond of. No. Someone who might have been. Oh, the guy. The guy was cheating on his wife. That's correct. They the guy that was cheating. He sees the kids and he's like, "Hey, those guys have got my car." And he manages to um, he basically you know sees the kids and he goes to lunge for them, uh, oh, towards God. them. And um, basically, he's about to grab him when who shows when? up? Well, it, uh, is it? Oh, the Pruitt guy, the it's, guy. It's gonna... handsome John Pruitt. <laughs> he's back, baby. <laughs> so the yes, kids, he's yes. going to save these kids and punch that guy's face in again. Yeah. So basically, he shoves the uh, the other guy to the ground, and Chris gleefully shouts his name. She's like, John. And um, and basically, they get the hell out of there. And John, he tells them that he can take them to their car. Um, very, and like, it's a very quick scene. He tells them that he's paid for the windscreen, because that was his fault, you know, he shot the windscreen out. But they'll have to pay for the tire. John tells them, uh, whilst they're sort of escaping out the back through all the commotion, because uh, he's just obviously knocked a guy out, so some people are after him now. And he even refers to himself as a uh, as a fugitive now, apparently. Anyway, so he tells them that he can get them to their car. The windscreen's on him. He's, he messed it up. But they're going to have to pay the 50 bucks for the tire. And then Chris desperately says, 50 bucks? And then John just wishes him a good luck, and then he's out of there. He's the bloody, <laughs> he's the MacGuff man, mate. That's all he was there for. Right. He was just there to tell them, to lead them on to the next scene, basically. Right. Yeah, so... Okay, so they've got their car back. So, well, they don't have 50 bucks, Rob. Where, <laughs> where is this movie going to end, Rob? Where is it going to end? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, they need 50 uh... bucks. John Pruitt, he came in and saved them from, you know, again, another thing that probably didn't need to happen, a two-second clip of the old guy from earlier trying to get his car back from him. And so he's swooped in and gone, look, guys, for the sake of plot and story, I'm here to tell you that your car is good, but you're going to have to pay for the original tire where this whole thing started. 
which is the whole reason why they went along with him because he originally was meant to pay for their tire to be fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, yeah. uh, How are they going to get 50? But ah, they got to find Brenda who can pay him a check. My God, that would be so great if it wasn't so impossible. Um, (laughs) Well, it's it's not a bad idea. It's probably a better guess than what actually happens. And I'm going to tell you, Rob, (laughs) I'm going to tell you what happens. Okay. So the kids hightail it out of there, right? And then Sarah says she needs the bathroom. And rather than hold it like Chris tells her to, or I don't know, use a bush, they gate crash a frat party that they're walking past (laughs) because Daryl simply can't resist heading inside. The gang split as Sarah heads to the bathroom. And then we get a bunch of frat guys that recognise that Chris looks like the Miss March Playboy centrefold. We're back at the Playboy, Rob. (laughs) But then this cool guy, this cool guy comes comes in and he comes into Chris's defence. And then basically for the next like 20, 15 minutes or whatever, we get um, 20 or 15 minutes, we get a whole teen angst segment on how... You know, Brad looks on as Chris hits it off with this new guy. Daryl tries to fit in uh, with the college dudes. But then this drunk girl, Joanne, she whisks Daryl away. And he ends up listening to her problems of how lonely she is and how no one cares about the love, man. No one cares about the love, Rob. And so (laughs) Daryl says some cute things to her, causing her to drunkenly swoon. How do you think this plays in Daryl's favor? Wow, is he, 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 she kisses him or something or? That's correct, my friend. But then Joanne, her name is Joanne. Joanne's boyfriend sees this and he says, what the hell are you doing, Joanne? And then Joanne replies, you've been replaced, you big dumb bohunk. <laughs> what the fuck? I know, terrible line, terrible line. We've, we've got literal fuck happening in other scenes. And in other <laughs> scenes, it's like, no, we can't swear in this one, guys. Yeah, we've run out of fucks. Yeah, no fucks are given. Out of fresh, out of fucks. And <laughs> That's a great sentence, isn't it? Yeah. And so the gang scarper out of there, but not before Chris's new squeeze gives them forty-five bucks, not the fifty they require of, because that would that would that would end the story. <laughs> he gives them forty-five bucks that they need towards their new tire, and they hop in his jeep and they speed down to Dawson's garage. As the Rolling Stones play over top, there's your minute 69, baby. Oh, wow. Okay. And they leave. And as you heard, he sort of bids her a good night and they leave their encounter up to the, you know, basically fate. He's just like, maybe I'll see you again. Bye. Any thoughts on what's going to happen here? They've got $45 instead of 50. What's going to happen, Rob? They're going to have to haggle. Uh... I, I, so they, hang on. So the guy that took them in their Jeep to get their car, right? Yes. That was the, so they're, they're right. They're, so they're at the car, they get it, and they're, surely he's going to let them off the $5, right? He's going to, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they get, they're going to, well, surely maybe they'll say, we'll bring it back or something. We'll, we'll come We have to go and save Brenda. <laughs> Okay, so you think that he's going to let them off with the with the five bucks? Is that is that your guess? Well, unless they get there and and old Mister Pruitt, they get there and old uh, handsome John Pruitt is tied up because he's been <laughs> interrogated by Joe. <laughs> That'd be good, actually. That would be good. 
Well, I can tell you now, Rob, you are correct. He does let them off with the five bucks. Thank the okay. Lord. So, <laughs> but let's see how we get there. So the gang, they okay. head into the garage as eerie music plays. And they call for Joe, Mr. Joe's Dawson. there, isn't he? Joe's there. Joe's there. Oh, I don't know. Is Joe there? Would, is that one of your guesses? Would you like to see if yeah. you're correct? Would you want to play yes. your rod and reel card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'll play a rod and reel card. I reckon Joe's there. And uh, John, John, handsome John is uh, is having to lie to them now because he needs to get them. Yeah, he needs to sort of do what Joe has told him because Joe's basically told him, I'll kill you if you don't get those kids to come back or something. Oh, Rob, my God, my God. You are such a special mind because you got it wrong, my friend. (laughs) I'm afraid Joe or John aren't there. It's actually just some other guy, Dawson, Mr. Dawson. Not not Jack Dawson from the Titanic. (laughs) No, so unfortunately, even though that that would be a good plot, that would be a good plot, Rob. That would make sense. And that's why, unfortunately, we can't have it in this film. <laughs> oh, silly me. They are only met by uh, a Mr. Dawson, and he is brought into the story when a hydronic platform lowers from the ceiling as steam bellows out, revealing Mr. Dawson as he lowers into frame. He's got blonde, <laughs> ha- he's got blonde hair. He's holding a hammer when Sarah confuses him for... Who do you think she uh, confuses him for? One of her comic book heroes that we sort of touched on at the very start. Sarah thinks that this guy, she's like, uh, earlier on she pointed to the building in the city. She was like, that's where, what what superhero might live? I don't know, that's probably not the best one, but what superhero do you think? He's holding a hammer. He's got blonde hair. Oh, it's (laughs) Thor. Thor, that's correct. Sorry, I didn't hear you say Thor. Before, yes, it's Thor. So. Yeah, for Thor. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic that's, Four. Fantastic Four. That's a, that's correct. So she is basically obsessed with Thor so much so that she's basically been wearing this like Thor helmet from the comic books for this entire movie. Uh, Sarah has. <laughs> Sarah has. And they, um, yeah. So we were introduced to him. She thinks that he's Thor, and they try to pay for the tire. Um, but he quickly realizes this smart guy. He's like, this is forty-five bucks, not fifty. And he tells them to beat it. And Sarah, she's in disbelief. She tells him, you know, like Thor's meant to help people. You know, he's he's a good guy. And and he's basically like, hey, kid, this is the city. I only look out for myself, you know. Oh. And then she goes to walk away. But then she realizes, Rob, she realizes, Sarah realizes that he's not acting himself because he doesn't have, what does any have? He's just got his hammer. He, he doesn't have his... His cloak? His, uh, not his cloak. Something that would go on his lovely mane of blonde hair. Uh, his helmet? Oh, the helmet she's wearing. That's correct. So she offers... She's like, hey, I know what's wrong. She offers him uh, her helmet that she's been wearing the whole movie. And this gesture alone, Rob, is enough to melt his 80s New York City riddled heart. And he's bowled over by her kindness. And he calls oh, to Chris... Goodness. He looks up as sort of like, um, I don't know, sort of triumphant music plays. And he's like, take it. And like, froze Chris the keys. And he says to Sarah, and Sarah says like, thanks, Thor. Chris asks, you know, for his address so she can mail a check for five bucks. Let go of the checks, everybody. (laughs) He's just like, go, get out of here. 
and he throws Sarah her helmet back and he says, thanks, kid, but I've got one at home. So, you know, <laughs> I, it was pointless. It was a, it was a complete fake out. There was no God's need. Sake. No need, Rob. Wow, I never have guessed that happened. I would never have got that. So we're now basically in the third act. So, yeah. Right, so they've got the car. They're going to go and get Brenda. They're right. They're going to go and get Brenda, oh. surely. <laughs> oh, if only she hadn't already been chopped into a load of little pieces by those mob <laughs> bosses. No. <laughs> by d- damn dirty rats. <laughs> you dirty rats. That's right. That's right. That was Splinter that she picked up. And then the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come in. <laughs> Made her into pizza toppings. That's right. Uh, no, no, they do go and get her. Brenda's alive and well. So, yeah, you're right. So, basically, they jump in the car and they get the hell out of there and they make haste. But some people are waiting outside, Rob. Who's waiting outside? It's Joe. It's, uh, it's Joe and Bleak. They're in a car. And Bleak's like, follow them. And so we quick cut to Brenda, still stuck at the bus station from hell, <laughs> as she manages to get her glasses back from the homeless lady who is sleeping. But then she wakes up and realises that Brenda's trying to get her glasses back. And then this homeless lady chases her through the station, <laughs> passing a roster of colourful characters along the way. Before the gang manage to get to Brenda, though, Rob, there's one last little seed we have to tie up. And it's someone that you've been rooting for this whole film. It's someone that has a certain license plate style. <laughs> it's old Magic Mike. It is Magic Mike. So basically what I mentioned about the license plate kind of coming back as one of those like, you know, they touched on it earlier just to bring it back at this point, is that they are driving past the French restaurant that Mike and Chris were meant to go to <gasps> when they see the so cool no. license plate. And they head in as Chris confronts Mike and we get another scene of Brad coming to Chris's defense, and Chris uh, calls it off with Mike. Basically, she sees him with this other guy, uh, this other girl, and you know that's it. It's over. Um, and then Daryl, um, he's he gets involved. Basically, like Brad sort of giving it the high ground, but then Daryl's like again the sleazy one. So he basically just kicks Mike into this table, causing him to eat shit, <laughs> and then the gang head outside, only to find. What do they find? Joe and Bleak. Oh, the car's gone. Not the car's gone, but someone is gone. Not Sarah. That's right, Rob. Sarah is gone. They left her in the car. Stranger danger. Yeah. No, so she's so she's looking at toys in a shop window across the street. What? When? When? Who should roll up? Oh, it's Joe and Bleak. It is, that's right, it's Bleak and the boys. They rock up and in a totally not rad stranger danger way, ask her to come here a second, is what Bleak says. But then Sarah, she's smart, Rob, so she bolts. And then we cut to tense chase music now playing as she heads to, where do you think she's going to go? Somewhere of familiarity, somewhere. The bus stop. Not the bus stop. There's somewhere else that some people that are, you know. The Blues Club. Very close. Not the Blues Club. It's somewhere where oh, I'm trying to figure out how it's it's a specific building. Oh, oh, uh, her parents' building. That's correct. So she heads to her parents' building <laughs> at the party where they are. So they're having a party at this building, and so the game is on. 
and Sarah heads to the building and through the magic of plot and quick cuts, Bleak and Graydon also have caught up to Sarah. But then at the same time, Brad, Chris and Daryl have also realised that must be where she's going to, <laughs> obviously. Obviously. So it's all con- it's all converging, Rob. It's all converging on this one thing. So yes, you're right. So it is the building. It's a very iconic shaped building. That, uh, that okay, can I guess um, here? So there's yeah. a standoff. They have Sarah... They're like, give me the Playboy mag. And he's like, no, I'm not giving you that. It's mine. I found it. And there's this whole thing. And they're like, uh, there's this whole standoff. And they have to make an exchange. Well, I mean, they're definitely, I'm just trying to think. You're right in points there, Rob. You're right in points. I'm just going to say it now. What you said there sounds more exciting probably <laughs> than, <laughs> than what happened. So I'm having but... too high expectations here, aren't I? <laughs> No, I mean you you're pretty much on the right track, but it's just it's it's kind of like the rest of the film where as you've seen like we've gone through scenes that last literally almost like a few seconds like this this whole like almost story in itself just is over in like 2 seconds, you know, with the the Pruitt and the um the guy who was cheating on the wife and then the bit about, you know, oh, faking out that uh, Brad is dead but didn't really come to anything. You know, just like these kind of weird little, it's like sort of half-baked ideas, I guess. So the ending, we're kind of heading for that, really. We're kind of heading to, it could be more, but it feels like it falls a bit short, like it's over quite quick. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you want me just to see you out? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Yeah, at the bottom of your... Your bag of popcorn. Okay, <laughs> all right, strap in. So, so basically, we get some very classic 80s skyline scenes as they're heading to the building. And Sarah, she makes it to the building. She gets in the lift and ends up on an unfinished floor of the building. Wind howling through plastic sheets <laughs> while crates and tools are strewn all around. And Graydon and Bleak, they manage to catch up. They enter the lift. But they find something, Rob. They find an indicator. They find two yucky, sticky kid fingerprint marks on on two of the floors where she's been. And so Graydon takes one. Bleak takes the other. Um, And she attempts... And and basically, Graydon, he he picks right. He finds her on the floor there, on the unfinished floor. And she attempts to hide as suspenseful music plays, but no luck. But what do you think she does to try to evade old uh, Graydon? Uh, she on this unfinished floor on the very high rise building she parachutes off the edge <laughs> well she basically does it but without the parachute <laughs> she she climbs out the window and hangs from a single piece of rope for some reason what I mean, that's not a good idea it's not a good idea is it as <laughs> now dangling by rope hundreds of meters up as the city skyline sits menacingly in the background as little sarah gets a sense of her own morali- uh, mortality graydon attempts to pull her up using the rope but she lets go and she slides down the glass barely holding on by her tiny child sticky fingertips <laughs> meanwhile the trio so brad sarah and uh, no sorry brad chris and daryl and bleak find themselves on the same floor what floor do you think this is? This is a finished floor. There is things happening on this floor. Well, this is the party floor. It is the party floor. Ding, ding. That's right. So we then just get a classic hijinks of Brad and Chris and Daryl trying to avoid detection uh, as Sarah precariously dangles in the background out the window. And Chris sees her and they rush to her aid. And they get up to the unfinished floor. They throw down a line of rope and she's pulled to safety 
as joyous music plays and she's reunited with the gang. But then, Rob, the tone, it changes as they look up. And, and what do they see? Who do they see? They see their parents. We don't see the parents. They're on the unfinished floor Oh, it's bleak, now. isn't it? It's, it's, it's almost bleak. <laughs> it's, it's very bleak. It's Joe. It's Joe Gibbs. But it's okay. He's cool. We know this. And all he wants is the playboy. And he informs the gang of the dramatic irony that we were all privy to for so long that this is what they were after. This is why they're being hunted down. Because obviously they actually had no reason why they were being chased other than, you know, they were at the chop shop. So, And now they may be off the hook, but old Graydon isn't. (laughs) Daryl asks Joe, what should we do about him? And they look over the edge out the building as the wind howls and they see... They see Graydon clinging for his life to a ledge um, because he tried to get out there to get Sarah. And Joe tells them, just leave him hanging. Let him sweat it out. They all laugh and head to the exit. (laughs) When Bleak enters, Rob, you're right. Your bleak senses were tingling for a reason. (laughs) He rears his ugly mug demanding the magazine from Joe, telling him to get out of here and that, He'll take care of the kids. Oh, my God. Oh, I see. So Joe's going to be a hero. Oh, you're right, my friend. Joe whacks him. Pow. Right in the kisser. And quips to Chris. You're right. Babysitting is dangerous. Uh, There was an exchange they they had earlier on in the film where uh, I think it's when they first meet him. And she wants to get out of the car. And someone says something about something being dangerous or whatever. She's like, you should try babysitting. So that was a little callback. Yeah, a little callback to that. So now, though, now is when we get some resolution, Rob. Cue the upbeat Motown music as we get a wrap-up quick cut of the gang getting into the car and speeding to the bus station to finally rescue Brenda. Yes, finally. Jesus Christ. (laughs) They floor it down the highway only to see who do they see in the car opposite as they're driving back, Rob? It's it, it, it's Mike. It's not Mike. It's, it's Forget bleak. about Mike. It's not. It's none of those guys. It's someone. The parents. Uh, it's the parents. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. So now Chris driving like a maniac in a Ferris Bueller-styled scene as they race home. Chris gets through the door, frantically cleaning the house as the Motown music continues to play and gets the kids into bed. She's like cleaning around, throwing things into like the laundry basket. And then just as the parents come home, Chris flops on the sofa and pretends to read a magazine. Ah, it's Playboy. <laughs> That's right. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> that would be brilliant if it was. That would be brilliant if it was. <laughs> and then, so, you know, that's kind of it, man. I mean, look, Chris, she just gives him a rundown on a pretty innocuous night. We wrap up with Chris saying goodbye to the kids in their bedroom, establishing that Brad and Chris are now good friends. And, you know, I guess they've sort of... You know, he came clean about his feelings to her and, you know, there was a bit of rejection. But in the in the long run, she saw that Brad was standing up for her and they've, they've called it quits at Friends, I guess. And then Daryl thanks Chris for the best night of his life <laughs> so far. Uh, and then Chris heads to her car. When? What do you think happens? Well, Brenda. Brenda. Bleak, Brenda's Bleak's... gone. She's been dropped off. Oh, is, it, is Bleak turn up? Well... She goes to get in her car. She starts the ignition and the car explodes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Mafia style hit. <laughs> and we see Bleak Peru just thumbing through the Playboy mag in the in the bushes, lit by the flame light, just laughing to himself. No, that that's not what happens, but I wish it did. So no, someone pops up again, Rob. Someone rocks up. Is it Mike who's come back for some, uh, who tried to say sorry? It's not Mike. It's someone that's better than Mike. Who might that be? That someone they've met very... Handsome John Pruitt. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He says, hey, look, Chris, I mean, you saw what happened with me and my wife tonight. And, hey, there ain't nowhere I can go back. But I think you and I really got something. <laughs> Joe? No, it's not, Rob. It's the frat guy house guy. It's the frat house oh, guy. Oh, the guy with the Jeep. Yeah, the guy with the Jeep. The guy who popped up for all of t- like less than 10 minutes to um, only give them 45 bucks as well, cheapskate. He's here to collect. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Well, it's funny you should say that because, you know, the, uh, yeah, so basically she goes to her car and the eye candy college guy rocks up and he's like, how, but how did he know, Rob? How did he know where to find her? How did he know? How did he know? Did Brad tell her, tell him because he did it as a nice thing? Well, it wasn't Brad, but it was Sarah. But not, uh, not directly, but indirectly because she left one of her rollerblades from her backpack <laughs> in the car, <laughs> and it had, and it had an if found return label on it. Oh Duh. my god, <laughs> <laughs> that know, is right. some thin a uh, plot. That Jesus, it's very wow, thin, that's, mate. very that's, thin. I'm in shock at the. Uh, the anti-custard that's just been poured onto this. It's, I know, some, exactly. some white spirit has just been poured on this, uh, this <laughs> movie. <laughs> Pretty much. It's very thin, mate. It's watered down. Watered down. A bit like my hairline. <laughs> so, yeah, so she thinks, Chris thinks, oh, well, yeah, he's here to collect his 45 bucks, right? He says, nope. And uh, I was going to say, what do you think he says? Do you think, what do you think he says to her? Hmm. Uh, he said, well, he's like, I'm not here to collect my 45 bucks because you're all I need. Let's, let's go. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's, let's get it. Get your skates on. That's what he says to her. <laughs> get your skates on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, no, what, what he says is this, right? He says, I'm looking for a babysitter. And then Chris says, really? Well, I think tonight was my last job. And then the guy says, oh, that's too bad. Chris says, who was the babysitter for? And the guy says, me. Oh, creepy. God. And then Chris says, maybe retirement can wait. <laughs> no way. Does he yeah, shoot? it's a horrible, horrible way to end the film. And then Brad, Daryl, and Sarah look on from the window as Sarah shouts, Kiss him, Aww. and then we get the song, and then we get the song from the start of the movie. Uh, that that um, was it, and then he kissed me song by the Crystals, I believe. Oh god! And oh, that then he kissed playing. me. That one. Yes, oh, that's the one. That's no. the one. And Chris and uh, the guy they laugh as Daryl and Sarah come back in away from the window, and a lovesick Brad slowly closes the window, just staring out at the at the couple and rolls the blind down slowly as the music continues to play. We cut back to Chris and the guy, and they kiss, and we fade to black. Oh, my God. Roll credits. <laughs> what? 
That was awful. The ending, I mean, after all the hijinks they got themselves into, they ended it yep. like that because oh, the roller skates, no. That's, yeah. oh, that that really was So cringe. there was a very quick throwaway line when they're having the manic race down the highway to get home before the parents where Sarah just says, um, what did she say? She says, Chris, my, my roller skate, I think I left it behind. we got to go back or something like oh, that. And that's, that's the only mention of it. And <sighs> yeah, so that's pretty much it. Yes. So, yeah, a horrible way to end it. But what did you think there, mate? I mean, what, well, what are your thoughts I mean, and feelings? Well, I mean, it did sound like, you know, a classic 80s, you know, movie where it's just a bit silly and people, you know, these kids shouldn't be getting themselves this all the crazy bother, you know, and even all the scrapes they get into, they always manage to self, get themselves out by pure luck. And, uh, yeah, so it's a bit like a cartoon, really, where, you know, nothing really is going <laughs> to bad happen. You know, they could just random stuff. But, yeah... I mean, it had a, they had the. I mean, I obviously had some ideas which I thought maybe would be, um, you know, this would happen, be quite funny, but no, they just went the lame way, and uh, yeah, I mean, it had potential to be really quite a fun movie, I guess, but the ending was that's it's almost like a, I don't know, it's like it's kind mm. of a really terrible end, like you know, like Back to the Future where it sort of ends and they're all happy, sort of like you know, on the porch and then they. Yeah, it together, and then it just turns up and goes. Ah, oh, I thought I had a babysitter job, and it's for me. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. awful. And I feel sorry for Brad. He sounds like a good. He sounds like a quality geezer. Who he does, who, doesn't he? Yeah, he just can't catch a break. Yeah, he just you know had to just deal with the fact that it's not going to happen, and he did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they left that kid Sarah just on her own in Chicago. <laughs> And a uh, poor no. Brenda. Brenda doesn't even. We don't even find out what happened. Where did Brenda go? She just get, get dropped back to a horrible stepmother's house. Stepmoms, yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. That that. Well, I think is this yeah. is this called like this film is called um, forget about Brenda or something. What <laughs> forgetting forgetting Brenda Marshall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the film called, no. Mark? It is called, so the title of this movie is called Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, my God. Which, when it came to the UK, though, for some reason, or at least specifically when it was aired on UK TV, they changed the title to um, Big Night Out. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what the reason was. Um, well, it sounds that, like, maybe. that sounds more, that sounds better than Adventures in Babysitting. That doesn't make any sense. Well, there were some adventures, I guess. They were, but, but yeah, that, yeah, adventures in babysitting, that makes no sense. No, true. That's that's true. It's very it's good making point. me very like this. Food. Like, I, you know, it, it was difficult to see. Actually, it was very difficult to work out where this film was going to go. Even normally, I come up with ridiculous ideas, and normally it actually ends up being, you know, fairly close to what's going on. But this was just all over the place. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think that's it. It's There's so many threads I was going to say because it's kind of there's a lot of chaos but not much complexity in a way yeah. if that makes sense so yeah there's all these different threads happening but yeah like some of the guesses you had made more sort of um, sense structurally in sense of, in in terms of story and in terms of sort of you know raising the stakes but yeah they just sort of bumble their way through the night I guess um, and yeah the the wrap up at the ending is a little bit 
lackluster, obviously, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, most of the other themes are, yeah, like a coming of age thing. And it's just sort of, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about how she says, you know, she's too old now to be babysitting. And bear in mind, she's meant to be 17 in this movie, but I think she was probably actually older filming it at the time. Um, and then, but then at the same time, you know, uh, Brad is not that much younger, but it's just that sort of like weird crossover time, you know, going from, I don't know, yeah, like a 14-year-old to a 17-year-old is like this massive difference, I guess, in terms of, you know, how you sort of view the world and things like that. And then when they end up at the frat party, there's definitely more of that kind of, uh, you know, they're trying to bring that up again, that sort of um, theme of, you know, these are college guys, they're grown-ups, and, you know, Brad feels even more inadequate now, you know. Yeah. So... I mean, yeah, but Daryl was just psychotic. He was just the annoying. He was just the J from in between us. He was just, yeah, the annoying best friend. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but he just at least he brought on some sort of, um, yeah. So, oh, I've just I've just seen the thing now with the the with the um a four helmet on, and there's Daryl. Oh my goodness me! <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. I'm, so interestingly, though, the director of this movie is um Chris Columbus, who. Uh, I think did the he directed the Harry Potter films. Oh, the bloody first hell. Of Harry Potter films. <laughs> and he also, I think, did he? Let me just double check. I think he either wrote for the Goonies or this movie had one of the uh, writers for the Goonies as well. So it kind oh, of has that go. sort of vibe, I guess, that very, yeah, like early 80s um, kind of thing going on. And he also. Um, he also did uh, Home Alone as well, Chris Columbus. Oh, so, well, there you go. That you makes know, sense. he's done some big, some big things. Um, but yes, well, yeah. So yeah, this I'm... was his first directorial debut, though. So I guess you know you can let him off. I wasn't. Hang on, wasn't this the woman as well? What's her name? She was in Back to the Future as well, wasn't she? Elizabeth Shue. Wasn't she she? Was, yeah. she was. Yeah, you know, she was. You know, she was hot um, in the eighties. She was, she was uh, all over the place. Thingy, wasn't she? She was. Um... Wasn't she one Not of the? Even... Wasn't she a version of Je- Jennifer? Wasn't it? She was, I think. Yeah. Did yeah. they replace her in the second movie? Was yeah, it? I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And mm. um. Yeah. So and the poster, the poster doesn't. They're literally <laughs> on the side of a building, quite like. The, yeah. That doesn't have anything. That doesn't. That's a very misleading. Uh, it looks like it's something out like they're aliens or something. It's it's mad. <laughs> uh, so, it's a very eighties poster though. I'll yeah, it is. I mean, this film's all over the place, and yeah, it's it's it, yeah. I don't really un- like. I guess uh, I saw um, they're showing like lots of the movie where you just see like you know it's supposed to be a trailer maybe, but I mean, wow, they were they just yeah, this just looks like well, a movie. weirdly enough. Oh, sorry, Karen. No, no, no. It just looks like they've really tried hard to make it um, like these kids are in serious trouble. But obviously, um, like, yeah, yeah, they just, you know, the situations are find themselves in. They always escape and they they, they, they should have just gone and got Brenda. You know, I know they've got a fat tire. <laughs> they should have. They but um, the whole, the whole, the, the whole thing of the, the magazine and the handsome John guy. That was they. They were just literally there to further the plot, weren't they? They had nothing to do with anything, really. No, yeah. They, the whole story is kind of built around that, and then the fact that when he was like, "I've paid for the windscreen," which surely was more than fifty dollars, 
Um, but then the original thing was he was meant to be buying the tire for them. That was the whole reason they kind of went along with him and then kick-started the whole thing off. But then we circle back around. It's like, yeah, now you're on your own with that, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so weirdly enough, though, they remade this uh, a couple of years ago on the Disney Channel and they just, I don't know, they sort of, you know, TikTok, TikToked it up and they made it very Gen Z or whatever Gen we're in now. Um, so it kind of has nothing to do with the original really other than the title i think but the thing i do like about this film is that it is a good um representation of how things have changed when it comes to kids and family films because i mean we've got full-on swearing in this <laughs> we've got someone running around shouting a homo um we've got um all these crazy characters at the bus stop and there was actually a character when brenda is in the phone box when she calls uh, Chris for the first time and she looks out and when she speaks about the guy with the gun and it cuts to this the camera cuts over to this guy who's got this big black trench coat on and he basically just sort of looks straight at her in this kind of like gleeful face like sort of wiggling his eyebrows up and down and then he pulls this revolver out from his trench coat and he's kind of sort of like trying to show it off he's like eh eh you know kind of thing it's just pretty funny um but yeah so kind of all that sort of stuff is yeah you wouldn't get that in kids movies yeah today, you would so. they would be exposed to that sort of thing and uh, uh, she looks like the main character, Chris. She looks about thirty in this film. <laughs> well, I think she. I think I did look it up. I think she is like sort of twenty six or something, not oh, seventeen. Right. So <laughs> yeah, so quite oh different. Um, wow. And then another movie that they made um, a couple of years back with Jonah Hill. It's called The Sitter. And I don't know if you've seen it. No. I think it came out in maybe twenty eleven. Right. And essentially. It is a similar premise to this film. Like it has nothing to kind of do with it as far as I'm aware of being like a, you know, remake or anything. It's just called The Sitter. But essentially it follows the same sort of story. He ends up having to babysit three kids. They end up in a, you know, in the city for whatever reason. They get into these hijinks and shenanigans. And it's it's kind of the same formula, but yeah, you know, different characters and all that sort of stuff. Bloody hell. Well, they need to stop. They just need to stop. <laughs> Babysitter movies like this, they can't, they, they, they could have made it good. They could have made it funny. But no, they just hinged it on a magazine and a handsome John. And that's it. And handsome John Pruitt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right, though. Yeah, the magazine, they got a lot of mileage out of yeah, using they that did. to keep driving it forward. They just didn't have enough um, time to spend. They just spent too long. They didn't develop well, that Joe guy, you know, he tried to help them and then. We never heard anything about Brenda, the poor Brett. I just feel, yeah, I'm team Brenda. Oh, me too, mate. I'm team Brenda. I mean, she should get a spin-off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brenda fights back. Brenda and yeah. her pet rat. Yeah. Brenda versus the city. <laughs> um, the so, thing about street fights is the street always wins. <laughs> I, know, uh, I think that's, yeah. from, that's from one of the Fast and the Furious. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean... It's not a movie I desire to watch. Let's put it that way. Oh, okay. Well, I I must admit, I thought it was shorter. I thought it would be shorter, but it is still nearly two hours, which yeah. was interesting. The yeah. way that everything was moving, the pace is very fast. So I was right. quite surprised to see when I actually oh, so you weren't got to the end. begging it to be over then. What's that? You weren't begging it to be over. <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, but no, just surprised. I think originally I was like, oh, this will be... You know, it's the 80s. This will be, you know, an hour 10 max, but, you know. <laughs> well, no. But anyway, fun. I I did enjoy it, I must say. I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was okay to watch. It was, um, yeah, maybe easy, maybe easy to throw on, on you know, it, that but, kind um, of thing. 
I mean, it was fun to unravel it though, because there was some. He just obviously, I was stumped a lot of the time where it was going to go. So maybe if it maybe maybe a fallout of me, and that's why I was annoyed at it. Ah, that's right. It bested you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my guesses was just too goddamn uh, uh, inventive for this movie to be. They like, were. They yeah. They they tricked me. They were all. I thought it was going to go this way, and it went completely the opposite. Yeah, like it definitely would have made more sense to have. Uh, like you suggested, then rock up at the garage only to find that, yeah, the mob guys are there. They've they've held old John or or whoever, Dawson, sort of uh, at, ra- at ransom and it's kind of like a trap. That would have been a bit more exciting, I guess. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But no. But the, the helmet yeah. thing, you know, t- t- turning, changing his mind and softening him up. Oh, like, that was so lame. Oh, so God. lame. That sort of stuff, you know what I mean? I'd just, I think I'd be, I'd be squirming in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> You're that cringe. Well, if you do want to squirm, um, you can find this on Disney Plus. Oh, so. okay, right, okay. Well, maybe, maybe I'll give it a go and see uh, see what it's the the, the difference it is. Uh, actually, unravelling un- revealing it this way and actually watching it for real. But uh, yeah, I mean, this sound. I mean, it's classic eighties, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah, definitely. Well, again, the you know no safety or regard for for children's safety and and yeah just the random hijinks uh, I mean, yeah that, that there was then no, follow that's what happens in the 80s you just didn't care like you let parents let you do whatever it was great that's it latchkey <laughs> kids or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well, um, um, i'm glad that you um thoroughly uh, didn't enjoy that and uh <laughs> <laughs> no, if I did. You, there was if, lots of lots of laughter on the way, and lots of um, the more. It was ridiculous enough to, uh, to, uh, to you know, yeah. I just think um, it it does. It didn't go the way I was trying to guess it was going to go. Maybe that was the frustrating part. Ah, potentially, potentially. Well, I feel that could be a common theme as we navigate this. <laughs> uh, well, this theme, I guess, of sort of eighties family movies. Yes, absolutely, and um, um yeah. Exactly. I think it will keep us on our toes. We're not going to just be able to guess it because they won't don't fall to any convention whatsoever. No, definitely not. I think, yeah, that's one thing that could be learnt from this and that horrible Santa with muscles film. Is, <laughs> yeah, once yeah. we sort of like fall below that um, uh, 18 or uh, what is it, like PG-13 threshold or whatever, then things just get silly. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Well, thanks for doing that, Mark. Appreciate that. And um, I enjoyed, well, I always enjoy unraveling these silly movies. And I look forward to the next one. And uh, I'll be watching the next one. And who knows where we'll end up. Oh, well, I got a feeling that um, we're going to end up in some, uh, actually, I don't know what I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to say, well, I've got a feeling wherever we go, we won't need roads. (laughs) Good night. Good night, everybody. Lights up. We've got a quick, got to go uh, get back to the car park and recharge the DeLorean. <laughs> With some rubbish. Stuck watching these three. And it's so hard. And it's so hard. Babysitting these guys. She got the... call from Brenda. I went to pick her up. The tire had a blowout and my mom's car got shot up. And these guys started to chase us. And we all got hijacked. (laughs) 
We're cruising down the highway. It's big old Cadillac, and it's so hard. Yeah! Yeah! It's so hard. Babysitting these guys. She got the babysitting blue. Baby, baby, babysitting blue. I've got the... 